to run. Here they come, they pop the blast on us. The black nerds, birds are rush. I'll turn that podcast up. Friends from the UK with something to say, just talking about everything. From the wonderful nerding world, the reviews they bring. These words and birds give you the word. All the latest movies, animes, video games, and TV series. Call your friends who you don't know and tell them what they're missing. Then sit back and relax and listen to I'm Nana. I'm Big T. I'm Martin. I'm Stevie. And welcome to episode 226 of Blurds Are Us. Hopefully we're going to have a nice action-packed episode with you for you guys today. Um, not too many things to review. Uh, I um, had surgery on Thursday, so I'm kind of in recovery mode at the moment in time. Um, I wanted to watch a lot more than I did, but the pain was just too much. And I was literally screaming like a little bitch because I was in that much pain. Uh, the pain I sold where it's a little bit more manageable now. Uh, but I'm going to be on crutches for a week, maybe two. Um, and yeah, so hopefully next week I'm going to get a crap ton of stuff watched because I'm going to be for the most part in bed, chilling, relaxing and recovering. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully your legs healed within the next couple of weeks because. We got we we got our Spider Man tickets. Oh, don't worry, I'm not missing that. <laughs> Mate, I will I'm never up in you the cinema if your legs not working, bro. We'll get yeah. you there somehow. Oh yeah, so I, I was more than likely getting trained down to Guildford anyway, so I can drink in it. So, you know, um, I'm probably still gonna uh, either get a lift to a train station and then you know just get on the train. I'll be on crutches, but. You know, hopefully being on crutches will allow me to, you know, skip the keys and just kind of go straight yeah. etc. Um But yeah, just, I, just be like, oh, poor me, I need to sit. Exactly, but I'm I'm looking to be in Guildford from like six o'clock in it because I want to sit down somewhere and you know find someone that's got like a, a nice surf and turf or get a nice little steak, <laughs> get some drinks in. Like I want to see Spider Man mm. twice because the first time I'm not gonna lie, I'm probably gonna be on the tipsy slash drunk <laughs> end of things. So. I'm probably gonna have to watch it again on the next day anyway as well. Um but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um so for anyone that So basically know, what you're saying is whether Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield are in the film or not, you're gonna be seeing free Spider Man on yeah, screen. More, more, oh, than, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> more than likely. Um but yeah, before we before we go any further, um if you're listening to us for the very first time, we at Blurs Rust have a, a unique rating system. We call it the chicken rating system. If we think something is absolutely dead and not worth your time, we call it bones. Next up is a quarter chicken, half chicken, then a free piece, and if it's a creme de la creme, it gets a whole chicken. Um Normally, I go last, but I'm going to go first just to get my stuff out of the way so I can play a little bit more of just observing um, and, you know, just lying down and resting. Uh, I watched, I, I caught up on the Wall of Time, uh, episode three and four. I didn't watch uh, the episode I dropped on Friday. I am um, liking it for what it is. It's not as, let's say, as gripping as fast as Game of Thrones was when that first came out, but I'm liking what it is in it. Like, it's got the potential to be really good. Um, so right now, sitting at a free piece, I need something a little bit more epic to happen before I can give it a whole chicken. 
Um, and I guess that will come with depending on how they tell their story and how the story unfolds. But I, I'm still. You know what would make it really epic is if they just started fucking killing people left, right, and centre. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, like, I'm guessing that might. Thrones, that everyone would just be like, what? Yeah, that, that's the thing. Right now, it seems like all the main characters are, for the most part, safe. And I feel like that's going to be this, the case going to be for majority of the season. I don't feel any danger for them at the mo- at this moment in time. In saying that, like, okay, slight spoilers, yeah. In episode four, we almost got, like, a potential serious death. But then, you know, one of the characters just kind of... Did the I wouldn't necessarily go as far as power of friendship, but they unlocked their powers and just healed everybody. And I was like, okay, that's a bit of a letdown. Um, yeah, but that was a cool reveal, wasn't? That was a cool yeah, thing, like, moment. And, so. and, and does that mean that she's now one of the people that might be the dragon? She's. The, do you think she's the fifth one? Well, clearly the guys are the fifth one because they basically um frigging um sealed away his bending like in Avatar. Oh. Oh, that guy there. Yeah, no, he's not the fifth one, is he? Yeah, he can't. Well, even if he was, yeah. they've sealed away his power, so... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They cut him off, didn't they? Yeah, yeah that's right, yeah. So, uh, like I said, I am liking what it is. Um, I, I, like I said, I hope it does get better. Um, well, not better, but I hope, like, we get a little bit more... And again, we might not get to, like, the finale, but it needs, like, a... Change your pace? No, it needs... is the musical term a crescendo. Like, it needs, like something big to happen like just to because it's a bit of a like it's a bit of a slope like game of thrones was was quick in it like literally things started happening progressing quickly even like episode to episode <laughs> yeah. like, do you know what i mean where this one is just like they're slowly trudging along things are happening but you know it, for me it's just like it's it's like, like a walking pace i need it to you know i know what it needs it needs a brother and sister to start it doesn't need that actually <laughs> in a tower oh my days <laughs> that was wild in game of friends boy oh shit um yeah but i would highly recommend if there's uh, anything that makes the film better is what a little bit incest, yeah <laughs> did, did he just cut out or did he just he, he's, he's cutting out again yeah fuck's sake man he, he, anyway let's Oh, my days. I don't know what's wrong with... Is this his internet? It's, it's reception. It's his reception at work. is obviously yeah, dodgy. It's clearly dodgy. Um, all right, next up, Earwig and the Witch. Um, do you, speaking of Earwig and the Witch, you know I still oh. have one... Um, what do you call it? Episode of the Ghibli Files that I still have not released. That's just sitting on my laptop. Oh, gosh. What? Yeah. That was time ago. You know, you no. know, you know the one... You know the one that I was, you know, you know one that was live outrageous. that we did at your, at your house? What was the last one that we did, man? Uh, hell, that was a long time ago. I can't remember what it's called, but it's still, at some point. Do you know what? I just never found, um, when Marnie was here, I just never found music for it. And that's why oh. I didn't upload it. So anyway, in, in, in an almost, earwig, um, not earwig and a witch, in an almost Ghibli file fashion, me and Stevie are going to quickly review earwig and a witch. So, it was shit. <laughs> I don't think. Do, do you know what? Yeah, I don't think it was bad as people made it out. No, 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 no. I'm not it saying it being was, mean, but it was mediocre. Yeah, that yeah means it was, it was it mediocre. Shit. Yeah, it was. It was Ghibli supposed to be like fine art. It's supposed to be like, you know, like delicate and amazing and wonderful and and, and intricate and uh, yeah. this was. 
This the, was the three D animation just didn't add to that. It took away from it. There were moments. There were moments in it, weren't there? Where you could have were like, "Sorry, bye for you." No, no, no. I was just saying there, like, there were moments, weren't there, where they were like, "It." You're you're watching it. You're like, "Oh, that that's not bad. That's good." And you know, and then then and then, uh, like, uh, ten seconds later, you you go, "Oh no, it's utter shit." And then, uh, uh, so it wasn't consistent throughout. You know, like moments where like the mouth, the the expressions were like really kind of like I was like oh, okay yeah okay, I, I'm I'm feeling this I'm feeling this and then the next minute it was like a kid had taken over and just drawn a fucking smiley face on it and I was just like no I wasn't feeling it wasn't feeling that didn't mm. like that at all no do you know for me yeah like the movie started to get good and it ended and I was like what <laughs> like is is that just me like did it like did it actually end when the mum turned up for Christmas? Yeah, yeah, that's right. You could they could have like they could have totally kind of like given you a shitload more, couldn't they? They yeah. It was it was only like an hour and a half, wasn't it? And yeah. it, I got the distinct feeling that if we read the book, we'd have a much more kind of in depth kind of like story. And this this felt like it had been chopped and cut. To hell and back, and mm. and it reminded me of the choppiness of the of uh, tales from Earthsea, where it was I don't know. Do you know what Goro Miyazaki did? Tales from Earthsea, and then he did um, what was the next one? It was from Up on Poppy Hill. Yeah, and from Up on Poppy Hill was glorious, and it redeemed Goro in all of his ways. You know, it was I thoroughly enjoyed it. Wonderful animation and the story was magical, like you know, it was enchanting and everything. This was back going back to that, like um, you know, like um, Tales from Mercy, where it just felt like felt like they cut too much out. And I actually was, I was getting pissed off with Earwig half the time because she was a selfish little shit. Yeah. You know, like she just wanted to mani- manipulate people, and mm-hmm. yeah. And it, they needed to make her a little bit more angelic and a little bit more like you know humble and everything. And yeah. I don't know, she was hardworking, but again, so they made her like hardworking. But at the same time, the whole point was that she just wanted to like play all of the people so that she had an easy life, rather yeah, than yeah. they could have made her like wanting to know what her mum was or wanting to learn magic a bit more. Of that, but it yeah, was and they could I got been... the overriding feeling that she just wanted to fucking be the princess, you know. And they like again. They could have done more of the whole story about the like finding out what why the mum, you know. Yeah, they like, could have explored I, that big time. I, I thought they? maybe it's because like the mum married a non a non witch. Like was she a half blood like in Harry Potter? Like you, like you know, or was it? Again, we could have got so much. I didn't hate it as much as the critics did when it first came out. I'll give us a quarter chicken. I thought the animation style wasn't actually that bad. Um, I was a little bit annoyed that the Netflix version of sh- um because that took me out of it a little bit because like sometimes the mouse would move when you know in the wrong places um they didn't have it in 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 another language did they they only had it in English in, yeah in exactly it was, it was a bit jarring yeah like, that was I actually stopped it after about five minutes to switch it to Japanese because I didn't enjoy the yeah. the, the, the the lip sync mm-hmm. and I, I was like fuck I have to watch this and that was another thing that kind of hacked me off a little bit i was like i want to watch this in its genuine form mm. to see if it, you know like when we watched um oh what was it um the one with tom holland um 
voicing. Well, I have um, no what, idea. It was uh, you know, the one that's that's the, with the small people. Well, I fucking know what's it called again. <laughs> Having a mental block here. Um, it's, uh, I, I can't I remember what it's called. Yeah. You know the what? There's a, there's a, a Ghibli movie that's got like the little mini people, and it's it's like a retelling of of um, the borrowers. The borrowers, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, yeah, I can't yeah. Know what it's um, called right now, off the top of my head. Yeah, but that one, mm. um, I watched. Started watching that in in English, and I just could not get along with the the voice actors, mm. and Spire, so I had to switch. Sorry, Spires in Disguise. No, is that, is that no. a movie you're talking about? No, okay, never mind. That's the one with Tom Holland. That's the one with Tom Holland uh, voice acting. Is it? Yeah. Oh, that's the one with Will Smith being the secret agent. I don't think it's that one you're talking about. Um. Oh, maybe it's, we'll. Arietti, that's what it's called. Oh, Arietti, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and it has got, yeah, Tom Holland's voice is, um, voice is one of the characters in it, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, it, I, I had to listen to that in, in Japanese, and I normally go for the, for the dubbed, but like, um, I found the subbed just worked so much better in, when, when I was watching that, and I think, I, I reckon that I would have enjoyed Earwig and the Witch a lot more if I'd actually watched it in Japanese rather than, mm. than English. So what would you rate That said, there were some really good actor, voice actors in it, wasn't there? Like, it's riddled with, like, really, really famous people doing... What was it? Dan Stevens was in it, and he... Have you seen Dan Stevens, the stuff Dan Stevens has done? He I did... Um, oh, he did Legion. Did you guys see Legion? Fuck, that was an amazing show. Yo, you know what, Trippy? You know what? I, I, <laughs> I might be jumping ahead, but I was going to talk about something in my week that's got Dan Stevens in it. And I was actually thoroughly impressed with his performance. And um, yeah, I, 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 think, I think he would be a perfect um, casting for the Highlander reboot. <laughs> wow. I'm just on that. Just, just based on what I saw in this, it's a movie called Apostle. Um, and it's basically like, it's kind of set in olden times. It's like a little village that has been founded by, um, these three guys. And it's kind of like a cultish kind of village, like kind of thing. Uh, and one, the main character played by Dan Stevens, his name is Thomas ratings. Um, but he, he's going to the village to try and infiltrate them to get his sister back because his sister's like been taken by them or brainwashed by them or something. Um, it's directed by Gareth Evans, who made the Raid movies. And it's kind of like a horror movie kind of thing or thriller kind of thing. But um, yeah, Dan Stevens plays the main guy. And like you said, he was in Legion. He was Beast in Beauty and the Beast. But in this movie, I, I haven't seen Legion and, and other things with him in it. But in this movie in particular, he is channeling Christopher Lambert. Like he just makes the same facial expressions especially from um highlander so i was watching it, i was like this guy would make a perfect like um conor mcleod but i think they cast um henry cavill in the role but yeah but this movie apostle it, michael sheen's in it it's really good basically it turns out that they've um they've taken like a some forest goddess like hostage and they've like tied her down and they're like force feeding her blood and stuff because whenever she drinks blood um she like creates plant life and and crops and stuff for the village so, so something that would be a storyline from the witcher 
Yes, it, it does. It is quite like The Witcher. Yeah, that's the yeah, type of like, so time cool. period it is as well. It's a really oh, good okay. movie, though. I'd, I'd recommend it. I'd give it a free piece. Nice. But yeah, sorry, you said Dan Stevens. And, and, but yeah, no, Dan Stevens. So I, I equally rate Dan Stevens very highly um, with the stuff that he's done. Um, and if, if any of you guys have a chance to watch Legion, then prepare yourself for the biggest head fuck in the entire <laughs> world. Mm -hmm. It is... It is. I would not say it's an easy watch. It's a. It's definitely a hard watch. Mm. Um, but it's awesome. It is. Mm. It's so fucking cool. Um, but yeah, no. So Dan Stevens was in it. Who there was some other Richard E. Grant plays. Um, does voice acting in it. He plays the. Uh, he voice acts the the Mandrake. Um, and who who did the um, the actual the little girl uh, Taylor Henderson? I don't know who she is, but mm. yeah, but anyhow, it, it, Vanessa it, Marshall was Bella Yaga, who has a litany of um, shows that she's voice acted in. Oh right, uh, yeah, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, um, Star Wars Rebels. So she, that's massive. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, the old Johnny Bravo series. Um, she did various voices for that. The Great Adventures of Billy and Mandy, Justice League, Powerpuff Girls, um, right. Black Panther. She she's done a whole host of voices. I've just named like there's mm. so many that she's done. Yeah, absolutely amazing voice actress. And I don't think that the voice actors let this down for me. I think mm. that the thing that let it down was the actual the way that the story was done. You know, like yeah. You know, it's stories and everything with Ghibli movies. It's meant to be, it's meant to flow. It's meant to be magical, and and it felt quite choppy and like I don't know. It just did, it felt like they they were doing they were just showing you like scenes from a movie, and and there was other scenes that were missing, mm. and there were you know like they'd cut scenes and so on. So uh, if if the story had been like really really good i think i would have overlooked the animation yeah. and i could have like you know got into it a bit more but yeah that that really dropped it for me so it because it was mediocre this is this is absolute bones for me fuck off <laughs> this film <laughs> this is not ghibli standards <laughs> this is oh, wow. ghibli standard is is meant to be like absolute whole chicken uh if it's if it's not then this is this can go in the bin. <laughs> mad, mad. I, I won't be going. I won't be going watching it anytime soon. Mad. I wouldn't and, give it as bad as Bones. I'll give it a quarter chicken. Um, I did think if they had continued it after the mum had come and told more of a complete story, it could have been mm. better. Like it honestly felt like I don't know. They were set up for like a part two or something, which you know, I don't understand why they did would do that. Yeah, uh, neither do I. Um, I give it a quarter chicken as well. Um, for pretty much all the reasons that you you two have listed. Um, yeah, there's not much else to say really. Um, it is disappointing. It is I mean, fair enough to have given they've given 3D animation a go, but the 3D animation actually takes away from uh from this. Um, if there is a sequel, I mean, obviously we have Netflix now. So I'll watch. I'll just watch on Netflix if anything. Yeah. Um. But I do hope that uh, Studio Ghibli return to 2D animation because yes, 2D. I mean, you, you don't get a lot of 2D animated stuff these days. Mm -hmm. um, but 2D animation does still hold weight in terms of the 
uh, it, it adds it adds to you know storytelling um to you know portray or bring across different sort of um themes that enhances different scenes and things like that so I still think it's very important so hopefully they go back to it yeah well, what, um, what was the deal with the uh with the mandrakes you know like the the, the, the if you think about like the the mandrakes like he's very angry and he gets calmed mm. down by by earwig um but then oh, there's all this kind of like memories of them being um in a band together in the band like when they were younger and the mandrakes there and and yet the relationship between the mandrake and bella yaga is pretty twisted she's yeah. fucking petrified of him and it's almost like an abusive relationship you know like mm. he is he, she's she's afraid that he will go nuts and everything and yet she's there abusing earwig um and and he's actually turns out to be the nice you know like to have a bit of a like a tender heart in him but i i think that was a little bit confusing they could have made it a bit more uh, i don't know they could have redeemed bella yaga and and um the and the and mandrake in a, in a slightly better way by yeah. giving us a bit more synopsis about the, the what happened in the past and and what's going on with um earwig's mum and all that kind of stuff you know it's just really weird just really weirdly done it's a shame man mm. um all right was i the only one that watched encanto yep i haven't I watched so. it Ah, uh, listen, right, you lot. Need, Is it worth a watch? You lot need to watch Encanto, yeah. As much as I wanted to, maybe I wouldn't say maybe as much as I wanted to give it a bad score. But basically, I am not a fan of Lin Manuel Miranda, whatever his name is. Yeah, I, I am not a fan of his. I think everything that he's done has been overhyped and has been a lot. Uh, has been not as good as people have made it out to be. Uh, who's that? What, what, who's he's that? the guy that did um, uh, Hamilton. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. 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 But then since then, he's done like, um, he did Mary Poppins did he do, uh, Not West Side Story, the other one. The, yeah, the, he did that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, he, and like, he's been doing, like, since obviously he's blown up here, everyone's using him to do stuff, innit? And I don't think mm. his work is bad. I just think that the, the, the hip hop style of music that he, he used for Hamilton that was very successful in Hamilton doesn't need to be in everything. And with, mm. you, I'm a fan of musicals. But I don't think the music went well with this movie. However, the story that it told and the emotions that it made me feel, I, I could not not give it a whole chicken, man. This story is excellent. Um, definitely you should see it. You know, obviously, T, you're the only one that's got a little one that might be of the age where she can sit through this and will enjoy it. But it is a great kid's film. Uh, yes, the music didn't fit as much as I would like to have it done. I think it would have worked better if it wasn't a, a full-blown musical, but that's just Disney for the most part, isn't it? Like, a lot of their stuff are mm. just straight-up musicals. And the funny thing is, I do like a musical. Like, you know me, I'm a big fan of Hairspray, big fan of The Great Showman, but I just think this one, you know, I would have enjoyed it just as much if it maybe had just one or two songs and not, like, literally a song every two to three minutes. Um, but I would highly recommend it, man. Friggin' whole chicken. It's got Alan right. Tudyk in it. Yeah, Alan well, Tudyk in everything, mate. Who I love that guy. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to check IMDb. <laughs> but, uh, to be honest, so 
Is this, is this only in the cinemas or is this like? Yes, only, only, only in the cinemas. It will become on. It will come on Disney Plus once it's had like its you know theatrical run. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, T. I, t- I cut you off there, man. Alan Alan Tudyk could honestly be playing anyone and anything. I'm pretty sure he did the voice of Iago in the live action Aladdin movie, mm-hmm. but <laughs> Iago never even really spoke. He was just a, a normal parrot. Like he he'd say stuff, but he didn't speak the way Iago did in mm-hmm. um, in the, the animated one. And I think it might have been him. He did the voice for BB-8 in the Star Wars movies or something like that. Like he does. Yeah, he was in Rogue One. Um, Rogue One. That's it. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? He, he was in voice. Firefly. He was in yeah, Moana. Yeah. He was in iRobot. He was in he Dodgeball. Was in what the fuck? Yeah, Dodgeball. He, he was, he was he Steve Pirate. <laughs> Big Hero 6. Mental. He's been um, on this age. Big, yeah, but he yeah. was in Zootropolis. What's that one film? Um, he was in something. Deadpool 2 somehow. What the fuck? This guy is in everything. <laughs> Shit, the yeah, bed. Trust me, he's in everything, man. Wasn't he's the he, white. He's um, the white Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. funny. Wasn't he in 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 Star Trek in Star Trek Discovery? Didn't he play? No. Oh, oh, is oh it, I mean, the the um the doctor. The Isn't he the doctor? Is oh. he the doctor? Is that the same guy? Is is he really the doctor? Oh, I, I don't know. He just looks. He looks the same. I'm. I'm. I'm just looking at a picture of him, and I, I swear mm. he looks like the same guy from. He does. No, you're not wrong. He does, but I don't think. I don't think it's him. Um. Oh, this is this is an education for me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he's in so much stuff. He is. He is a Final Space and uh, Doom Patrol, though. Who is he playing Final Space? Uh, Todd, um, Todd H. Watson. Oh, okay. No, Final Space is great for anyone that's not checked out. Good yeah, as, as, so, so a lot of opposites as well as a uh, Nanobot man. Yeah. Yeah. One one of one of his best films is a film called Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh, I don't know if you guys have seen it. <laughs> have you seen it, Steve? Well, I think I've seen it pop up on like um, streaming services. So fucking good! It's it's like a comedy horror movie, like Shaun of the Dead, and um, Alan Tudyk plays a hillbilly, and there's another guy who's a hillbilly, and all they're trying to do is like renovate their cabin out in the woods, like to be their their holiday home. They're trying to do renovations, but then these teenage kids out in the woods come across their cabin see all these tools, hammers, saws, all this stuff, see these <laughs> yeah, bullies, I think I've seen a bit of this. It's so yeah. fucking funny. It's from their perspective. So they end up like killing these teenagers, but all of them is completely by accident. But from the perspective of the teenagers, it's like a serious horror movie. But <laughs> all they want to do is renovate their house. That's all they're trying to do. It's so fucking funny, man. Oh, it's so amazing. good. I realised that the guy from um, Star Trek Discovery is called Anthony Rapp, but he looks almost identical <laughs> to Alan Tudyk. <sighs> Could be like a dead ringer for him. No. I, I think I'm I, I, going back to like Tucker versus what is it? T- Tucker, Tucker and Bell versus Evil. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to go and check that out. That sounds oh, like something. I think my kids would probably enjoy that as well. It's my kids so have been getting funny. into like horror movies big time. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's definitely a watch. They'll like this thing because I like. Have you seen Cabin in the Woods? 
No. Watch Cabin in the Woods as well, because that's I, another... I'm not really into horror movies, though, you know? Like, that's no, thing, I, 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 I know, but Tucker and Dale versus Evil has a spin on it. So does Cabin in the Woods. It's not a typical horror movie. It, again, takes the tropes of a typical Cabin in the Woods horror movie, but, like, spins it, do you know what I mean? And basically, um, Chris Hemsworth is in it. I think this is one of his earliest movies when he was quite young. And again, wow. a bunch of teen teens go out to a cabin in the woods or whatever, and um, they go into like, they, the basement. Um, they get like um, drugged, and they just end up like fucking and everything, or something like that. Or, and then something terrible happens. Kind of. They're they're, they're they're drugged and influenced to act how the typical trope characters of horror movies act. So Chris Hemsworth is the jock. There's the virgin, there's the nerdy guy, there's the... Do you know what I mean? Like, all the typical tropes. And basically, they go into that the basement or the attic or something, and in the attic, there's, like, all these different artifacts and all these different things. And basically, whichever one they pick is what ends up getting summoned, and they're being watched, uh, and people are, like, betting on what artifact they're going to choose, who, which creature they're going to release. So it could be zombies, could be witches could be like oh a my God. De- demon clown so every horror icon is on this list that they could act- they could end up summoning and like i said they're being watched there's cameras everywhere watching them but it gets deeper than that it's actually a really good like spin okay. again a spin on a horror movie so tucker and dell and cabin in the woods i'd recommend those two they're they're mm. both quite funny as well do you know what i mean they're they're like tongue-in-cheek horror movies they're not like out and out scary. Do you know what I mean? Mm. They're they're very entertaining. It's not streaming anywhere, which sucks. So uh, if I want to watch it. I'm gonna have to gonna have to yeah. pay for it. Boom. Oh no! Don't know if it's worth that. Though, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep an eye out for it though. Yeah, if you see it, then take the opportunity. Yeah, but I, yeah, it is good. However, Cabin in the Woods is on Netflix, so so I might have to. Sit oh down nice! That yeah, give that a watch then. That, that's <laughs> good. Yeah, no horror movies for me. Uh, <laughs> nah, man. Definitely not. All right. Um, so before I talk about the latest Hawkeye episode, uh, listener of Rosas Prime, who has actually messaged me a bunch, and I always kind of forget to uh, say the stuff that he's mentioned. Uh, but this time, I wanted to kind of put this theory that he had out there. And he, it was from based on episode one and two. He was like... When Hawkeye is in the field with his daughter, he says, I know what happened because I was there. You know who wasn't there? Him. Ant-Man wasn't there. It, it, he was to know if we believe is that I shot all the Endgame time theories that thought Ant-Man was everywhere and goes through all of the old movies during Endgame, Endgame to get the stones. Thoughts? Um, I've, I've heard that theory somewhere as well. Mm-hmm. But what I heard was the only explanation... For how Ant Man could have been perceived to have been in the 2012 Battle of New York is because even though Ant Man was on the team that went to the Battle of New York to collect their, their do you know what I mean? In that Ant Man, even though at the time, originally he wasn't there. But in Endgame, do you know what I mean? He, he was part of the team that went to that time period. So he could have been spotted by civilians or whatever and so everyone could have just assumed yeah fair enough anyone got any more takes on that? yeah I'm, I'm here can you not hear me hello no and it's gone oh, even he's caught out Whoa. what do you mean i've caught out i'm here i can hear you lot talking 
<laughs> no, we couldn't hear you. That's what you cutting out means. We couldn't hear you. Oh, <laughs> well. We don't say you cut out if you can't hear us. That don't make sense, bro. <laughs> well, well, man. Anyway, did you yeah. hear? Did you hear what I said? Yeah, I heard what you about said. Ant-Man. Yeah, yeah, I heard. I could hear. Everything. Oh, okay. What well, do you What do you think? Sorry. Okay, I couldn't hear you. Sorry. What do you think of that then? Yeah, I guess that. I guess that theory works and it fits in. Um, and can I explain why he was in the Broadway show if, you know, because he clearly wasn't there. Well, as far as us as the audience know, we know he wasn't there in it. Yeah. And also, maybe it also could just be one of those ones that because he plays such a massive part in saving uh, the universe that they just put him in the Broadway show. Yeah. And I did um, like, I did like the, um, someone said that they watched Rogers the musical and then went to the bathroom and decided that Thanos was right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that must have been one bad musical, but mm. like fuck this shit, man. I wish I was still dusted. Mm. What was you about to say to you? Um, while we're on the topic of Ant Man, mm. um, I've got a question that I was going to ask about, especially after this episode, episode three. Um, do we think Ant Man is going to make an appearance in the show? And I will give you my reasons why. Um, First of all, obviously in well spoilers for episode three, but we're about we're about to review that. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. But in this episode, um, Hawkeye uses a Pimtech arrow mm-hmm. to make a giant arrow. Yeah. Out of one. That was pretty cool. That was a pretty cool moment. That was pretty cool. Also, like you said, there's the Ant Man being part of the musical in New York and addressing like the fact that he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point when they're out on the streets, you see someone dressed up in an Ant-Man costume and, uh, there's another woman with a bow and arrow and they're like, oh, that could be you. And he's like, no, that's Katniss from Hunger Games. Yeah. So there was someone dressed up as Ant-Man. So Ant-Man's been referred to quite a few times in the show. Yeah. Also, Paul Rudd and Jeremy Renner, um, during the, um, like promotion of Endgame, those two were paired up because the ke- their chemistry, like as actual just actors, they really got along well. So they got paired up to do all the interviews, and a lot of them are fucking hilarious. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They they are jokes together. So with all of that taken into consideration, do we think they're setting up an appearance from Ant Man? Do we think that's why they're referencing him so much, or do we think it's just just coincidences? What's what's the benefit though? That's that's that's, uh, that's that's what I wouldn't understand. What's the benefit? Because at least if there was like, you know, something linking... Because this one seems like it's its own kind of connected story. I don't think it's going to lead into, you know, worlds colliding and, you know, the multiverse of madness kind of thing. No, I don't when, think it's going to be... When's the next Ant-Man movie? Next year. So you think this could be a little bit of a lead into it then? Um, I don't even necessarily think it's going to lead into anything or mean anything. I, I just think he might have a cameo. Do you know what I mean? Just mm. like like I said, because of all the references, they're making... It seems like they're making sure we remember who Ant-Man is before yeah. this cameo. Do you know what I mean? They're getting you warmed up a little bit. So yeah. when Ant-Man comes out, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, Ant-Man. He was in... In... Uh, in whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking I, I, brain freeze. <laughs> And and to be honest, like you said, Hawkeye. I don't see what the point would be because the one thing that Ant Man and Hawkeye are famously known 
to do together has already been done. And that's when Ant-Man shrinks down and like rides one of Hawkeye's arrows mm. and, and that's already been done. So they couldn't do that again. But I don't know. I, I just feel like like both of them were in house arrest during Infinity War. So maybe they could have like been, I don't know, pen pals or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. We, like, we got them both in the What If series. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they were yeah, so yeah. So I don't know. I just think it's considering Ant Man. It's not like Iron Man. Do you know what I mean? Like if they kept referencing Iron Man, you'd just be like, "Well, that's just them referencing Iron Man mm. because he's the big guy." But why keep referencing Ant Man of all people? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. But I, I personally don't see it happening because I don't. Like I said, I don't really know what purpose it would serve. Um, mm. But again, it would be a cool to see him. I guess. But the only thing is as well, like, as far as I'm aware, Scott Lang's in San Francisco. So it will be again, yeah. like, why is he in New York? So again, I, I just don't, I don't know why you would have that setup in it. So yeah, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. So it was just a thought I had anyway. Mm. Well, yeah. So obviously you talk about this. I really enjoyed this episode. This episode was amazing. Um, mm. I am a again slight spoilers for episode three of Hawkeye. I am an evil genius, yeah. Well, <laughs> so basically, I started episode, yeah, and obviously, there's been loads of rumors of Kingpin, you know, being in in this series, yeah. So I posted yeah. in the group, yeah. Ah, oh, we're not gonna be able to see. They're not gonna reveal Kingpin because you know it will throw off potentially see Matt Murdock in Spider-Man Homecoming. So if we're going to see mm. Kingpin, it's not going to be till episode six. Then literally mm. five minutes later, we got a tease of who could potentially be the Kingpin. What, what do you mean? Who? The uncle. You know the uncle that we don't yeah. see that does the laugh? Yeah. And he's, you see like the black suit a little bit. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, oh, I so, think that's King so King. I had to quickly delete my message. I was like, oh crap, I didn't even, like, one, I, I didn't mm-hmm. even see the episode. I was like, I was literally just airing my thoughts. I didn't even, like, I hadn't even fully seen the episode. And I was just like, oh snap, that might actually be Kingpin. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I really enjoyed the episode. Um, you know, there's a little more action pace. Once I, now that I'm, like, used to this whole, like, comic booky style that they're trying to do with the show, like, I, mm-hmm. quite, I, I quite appreciate it. Um, uh, Stevie, have you seen episode three? I've got to admit to you guys, yeah, I've not seen any of this. You've yet. not seen any no. of it? No. no. <laughs> Look, it came out when fucking budgets got got hot, and I've I, I I've just All not right. touched <laughs> it. I haven't looked at Disney Plus since uh since what if. Okay. I got into wait, Disney Plus wait, since wait, then, wait, so, When you catch yeah. up, we'll not, we'll have to get your thoughts. Mine. What do you think of episode three? I haven't seen it either. What? None of the episodes or just episode three? None. None, none of them. Oh, my day. So, me and... So, why did you not, not say before I started getting into spoilers? <laughs> oh, I don't mind spoilers. No, I don't mind. I'm, I'm cool with that. I possibly don't mind. Oh, that's good. Because okay, I've got a whole cool. bunch of spoilers. All right, T, let's, let's go. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I really like this episode as well. I like the first two episodes. I don't know why this show is... It's not getting hate, but it's not getting the love that a lot of other... Disney Plus shows have gotten mm. and I don't know if it's just because it's Hawkeye it is because it's Hawkeye <laughs> like, people are haters on it Hawkeye is, isn't it? I love Hawkeye I've been a Hawkeye stand yeah, from day one your your favourite characters are always weird like your favourite character in Dragon Ball Z was Krillin like whose favourite character is Krillin because Krillin's gay <laughs> that's so weird but <laughs> yeah 
Um, but no, I really like this episode. I think it's a, it's like it's a slow, slowly building up. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. there wasn't necessarily the most amazing action in the first two episodes, but this episode made up for it. Um, it it pretty, pretty much picks up where the last episode left off. Mm. Um, Clint is uh, is still tied to that little like kids ride thing, and like they've even like turned it on so like he's riding it. Which is obviously is embarrassing for him. I mean, it's bad enough he's fucking Hawkeye. Now you've got him <laughs> dancing on this fucking thing. But no, it was it was funny. Um, I like the the dynamics between him and Kate Bishop and how they're developing, and he's kind of growing a bit of a soft spot for her. And um, they they've started working well together, even though they work better after his hearing aid was broken. So mm-hmm. <laughs> he works with her better when he can't hear her chatting shit. Yeah. But, um, I thought that was really cool. Uh, we get a bit of Echo's backstory, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought it was interesting how much it kind of mirrored Kate Bishop's backstory, where um, their father died uh, on the same day, like on the same event, while witnessing Clint Barton do what he's doing. Like she, Echo, obviously witnessed him in his. Um, uh, Ronin costume, whereas Kate witnessed him as Hawkeye. Yeah. So that kind of um, motivated them both, in a sense, to do what they're doing. You see them coming up and training, coming up through the ranks. Mm. Uh, but obviously, one ends up hating Clint, and one ends up idolizing him. See, so I, I just thought I, that was interesting, kind of reflection between. Yeah, the two and now characters. that you put it like that, it's pretty cool as well. I, I would never understand when people like see someone do something bad and be a villain and be like, yes, yeah. I'm going to avenge the villain for being the bad guy. Like, your <laughs> uncle was clearly a crook. No wonder the like, villain... you're, you're a villain, man. You know what's what, like, it's part of the job description. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. But still, you know what I mean? You're still going to want revenge like, if someone killed your dad. Yeah. I've got a bit of a theory about that, but I'll, I'll get back to it mm. at the end. Um, because it's kind of tied to what happens at the end. Um, In Echo's backstory, we kind of get hints at her comic book powers. So her powers are similar to Taskmaster in that she can see something and then perfectly replicate it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so obviously when she was younger talking to her dad, her dad told her to just watch. Do you know what I mean? Just watch what people are doing and learn from it. So like I said, that's hinting at her her comic accurate powers. Mm -hmm. Um... She, that actress is really deaf mm-hmm. um, and she really does have the, the fake leg, the amputated leg. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a thing of, of the character. She's deaf, but she doesn't have the fake leg in yeah. the comic. So you, that's something that the actress bought yeah. do you along think with as, her. Do you think as well like that they casted a young girl as her very well? Yeah, they definitely did. She looked like... If, if, we, if they told me we filmed this like 15 years ago in preparation for this, I'd have been like, yeah, of mm. course you did. She looks exactly like her. It was yeah. very good casting. Um, but yeah, so we then see a bit of a fight between Hawkeye and Echo. Mm. And again, we kind of get hints at her mimicking powers because they have like a bow, like a bow kind of fight. Mm-hmm. So they're like using the bow as a weapon. Uh, it was pretty cool how, to see how they're using it in like new and inventive ways. Um, she destroys his his uh, hearing aid yeah uh kind of in a sense maybe she's offended by it because she herself is deaf mm-hmm. and so she's like fuck it just embrace it and do you know what i mean so 
Uh, that was pretty cool. Then we get the fucking car chase scene, and this right. fucking scene was amazing. Mm-hmm. When you, it starts off with like that one, that one shot kind of rotating around, showing all what's happening around the outside of the car and inside the car uh, was pretty cool. Um, again, taken straight out of the comic books, that car chase scene. They even hinted uh, that car that Kate Bishop wants to take. Yeah. And Clint's like, no, that's a classic. We can't break into that. That's actually his car in the comics. And that's the car that's that they're driving in the chase scene in the comics. Okay. So nice little, nice little hint at that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we mentioned the trick arrows, but there was more like you had the, the putty arrows, the exploding arrows. I thought it was funny that when she, when you had the arrows to use, he was taking them like, no, this one's too dangerous. Don't use this <laughs> one. You can't use that. So when she used the exploding one, she's like, you've got four more arrows that are more dangerous than that. <laughs> yeah. like, that was funny. Uh, so yeah, so it's nice to see these trick arrows come into play. We even see a little um, like like suction cup arrow, and she's like, what's the point of that? And mm. then even that arrow gets used later on in the episode. Yeah. Um, there's a little hint at his costume, uh, his comic book costume, where she designs... She does like a little drawing yeah. and he's like, why don't you wear a costume like this? And he's like, no, nah, my wife will divorce me. Like, it like looks stupid. In purple. And I was like, ah. Yeah. It was a nice little, a nice little nod. But I think they already missed the opportunity to actually have him wearing his comic accurate costume what, in a similar it, way. In a LARPing episode. In the LARPing episode. Yeah, you could yeah. have worn, I, I thought that's what was coming. I yeah, honestly so thought I. that's what was coming. In the same way that like, um, What's her name? Scarlet Witch wore her comic book accurate costume for Halloween. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's similar to that. I thought that's what they were going to do. So I thought that was a missed opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Um, we we get a little reminder when Hawkeye goes to Kate Bishop's mum's house. Uh, we see all the swords around, which obviously belong to... Um, the Swordmaster. Kate, the sword, yeah, the swordsman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Hawkeye notices all these swords and he reminds the audience in a sense is like, so that guy was killed by swords. Was he, do you know what I mean? Mm. And then obviously trying to plant the seed in our head that it was most likely the swordsman that killed him. It, but I, I think, I, I, Oh, I think you're about to say what I, I, I was about to say. It's the mom. Yeah. It? It's all, it's all misdirection. Yeah, I think it's going to be the revealed. It's the, the mom. The mom's the villain. The mom's definitely going to be the main villain, but I think it's going to be a bit complicated. So, all right, let me just break my theory down quickly. So the end of the episode, mm. while Hawkeye is in the house, he walks on and then hiding around the corner is the swordsman. Mm. And he puts his sword out to Clint Barton's neck and they kind of look at each other and then the episode ends. That's the cliffhanger. Yeah. Now, I think, again, taking what we know from the comics, the fact that the swordsman was the one that trained Hawkeye in the comics, mm. I think we're led to believe, oh shit, it's going to go down they caught Hawkeye in the house. Was going to, I think the next episode is going to start and they know each other. Okay. Yeah. So I think we're expecting it to go down. But it's, again, it's misdirection. They're going to know each other. Mm. Maybe he wasn't necessarily the one that taught him because they seem closer in age. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think they definitely may have worked together in the past or they trained together or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Maybe they learned from the same master okay. or something like that. Um, so I think it's going to turn out they know each other. Um, 
it's going to be a fake out that everyone's expecting him to have killed the uncle. But it's, I think, like you said as well, it's going to turn out it was the mum. Yeah. So and, that, and I think we're, we're going to find out that the mum also killed the dad in the Battle of New York. Because she took way too Possibly long to find well. her daughter. Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good shout, actually. She took way too yeah. long to find her daughter that was upstairs. And then the dad was that's missing true. as well. Like, it just seems exactly. a bit way too convenient. That's a good shout. That's a good shout. Mm. Yeah, so I think, yeah, she may have, yeah. She killed her dad. She's killed the uncle. And all of this is just for her to take over as like the, the top, do you know what I mean? The top mm. of the, the crime family or whatever. Yeah. Um, so when it's revealed that it wasn't the swordsman that killed the uncle, it was the mum, we're going to start to think, okay, the swordsman, you know, we thought he was bad at the start, but he didn't actually kill the uncle. He knows Hawkeye. Maybe it's not so bad. But then I think it's going to be revealed that it was actually the swordsman dressed in the Ronin costume that killed Echo's dad. Uh, and that's where I think it's going to get complicated. Yeah, you know that what is I mean? definitely so, get complicated. The reason I think that, again, is in the comics, Echo uh, worked with Kingpin, which is why, again, I believe he is the uncle. Mm. Um, the Kingpin is actually the one, I think, that killed Echo's dad. Or, no, he didn't kill him. He hired the swordsman to kill Echo's, to dad. Kill Echo's dad. Oh, so this is going to get messy, boy. Exactly. I think the reason that the swordsman wanted to buy the Ronin costume and sword in the auction was because at one point he was wearing that costume and like taking out his competition, working for the kingpin. Do you know what I mean? Um, and again, that adds to the fake out. We think he's bad. Turns out he's not bad. He didn't kill the uncle. Oh shit. He actually killed Echo's dad. Maybe he is bad. And the whole time, uh, Clint Barton and the swordsman don't know that at one point, both of them was the Ronin. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that's mad. So, yeah. So I think is uh, that's what I think is coming. And I think, mm. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. That would be jokes though. Not gonna lie. Yeah. But yeah, three, Three piece for me for this episode. Yeah, no, I'll I give definitely a three piece think as it's well. lamping up. Yeah, I again like I'm enjoying it. Like and, and, and again, once I got over like the stupidness of the how it was being done, <laughs> um, I quite thoroughly enjoyed it. And again, we're halfway through. You know, we've only got three episodes left, yeah. and it's done. Then it's um Ma- Mandalorian again. Oh shit! Oh no, not Mandalorian. Uh, um, Boba Fett. Book of Boba. Yeah. So yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So yeah, man. I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying it. I'm like again for me. Yeah, I'm watching this. I'm just like, yeah, we should have got a Hawkeye, a Hawkeye movie featuring Scarlet Witch. Like, I know others might not have liked it, but Scarlet Witch or, or Black I mean, Widow. Sorry, Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should have got a Hawkeye movie featuring Black Widow. Yeah, that would have been cool. I, yeah, but at the same time, I'm starting to lean towards the shows now. I think because we get so much more content in a show, like we're getting six hours of Hawkeye rather than two. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And I, I, as much as, yeah, it would have been nice to see a theatrical release. Like Hawkeye is the only one of the original six now who never got a movie, mm. but he got a show. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, but I like the format of the shows, like low key, um, one division, all of them. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I like the long format, storytelling and yeah. revealing this story over a number of weeks and building it up. I, I like this. I think this is the future 
for the MCU, to be honest, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even minded if something like Eternals was a show and got fleshed out more, mm. or even Black Widow was a show and got fleshed out more. Big events like Shang-Chi was fine as a movie. That's fine. Stuff like, obviously, the Avengers, big event stuff, Spider-Man, big stuff, keep it as movies, put it in the cinema. But other stuff, I think, would do fine on Disney Plus. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 I'm, I'm enjoying this that's this fair. phase four so far. It's doing really well for me. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, and mm. I think I've won my last thing that I want to talk about. I think. I'm just wait for my notes to pop back up. With technology, pop up. I'll just say this. I was gonna say that just quickly that with a lot of the um, series like. Um, Sam Wilson being um, you know, Captain America now. Mm. Um, also, you have Hawkeye series. Um, just, I, I actually agree with uh, with T and with that. You know, it's nice to see a series where we get you know six hours of the character rather than just a movie that's crammed into two hours and you know it's mm. supposed to tell everything. Um, for me, someone like um, Hawkeye and Black Widow, in terms of the Avengers, aren't like the biggest hitters. So, and because they're so human, um, for me anyway, I can't see, I can't justify going to the cinema to watch them uh, per se. Mm. So I would love to see I would have loved to see a, um, a Black Widow series just to understand more about her character because her character is very very complex. I really got a snippet of her whole life in the MCU in um, in the Black Widow film. So mm. um, that's 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 my two cents there. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It's it's a shame. It's a shame. All right. So the last thing I'm gonna talk about, and this was basically gonna be our main topic for this week, uh, doing things a little bit different still because things are still a little bit all over the place, uh, is Super Crooks. Uh, it's a Japanese American superhero anime um, that is streaming on Netflix, and it's based on the comic book series of the same name by Mark Millar. Um, and I did not know that this was linked to Jupiter's leg, not Jupiter's Legacy. Wait, is Jupiter's Legacy? The series was written by Dai Soto um, and was directed by Mont- Mont- uh, Motonobu Hori in his solo directorial debut. Uh, it's got 30 episodes. Uh, it was on Netflix on the 25th, so we'll kind of review it a little bit late. Uh, I freaking really, really enjoyed this, man. Um I know Stevie's not finished it yet, so I'm gonna try to, you know, not talk about it with spoilers, but I just love. Oh, the- don't worry about it, man. Spoiler away, it's it's cool. cool. I I love the fact that literally the whole thing was just two heist movies. Yeah. Like it just worked so well, and we just and like it had the level of violence, uh, the, and the intro. Oh, I absolutely adore. Like, I probably could have finished it a lot sooner if I just didn't. I skipped the intro yeah. every time. But I, I <laughs> yeah, Every single time it came to the intro, I was like, all right, let me skip this so that I can get this done quicker. Yeah. Every single time I watched the whole intro. Because the intro is like three minutes it's long. It's so fucking sick. It's but so it's, fucking yeah, sick. It's sick though, but it's like three minutes long. The intro is like yeah. genuinely a long ass thing. It's, yeah, the thing is, it's a good tune as well, isn't it? Yeah. I want that to be my ringtone. Like, I want to hear that song every day. Like, um, uh, one of the main things I'm upset about having completed this show is that I'm not hearing that song anymore. And then like, the, the, anim- <laughs> the animation for the intro with the dancing and all that was pretty cool as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was very cool, man. It was very cool. It uh, gave me kind of like having just seen Cowboy Bebop and stuff and mm-hmm. talking about Samurai Champloo, it kind of has those kind of vibes. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, obviously not being jazz, but like more funky style, but it, it had that same energy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all jazz, bro. <laughs> and, and what a way to start the first episode where he literally killed like his whole neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was funny, man. <laughs> I mean, at least he tried to be a hero at first. Like mm. that's what that's what's good about this show is yeah, they're 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 crooks, they're all villains. But in this world, being a villain is kind of just a profession. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like and they're 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 all bad people, but a lot of them have good intentions or they have like they're they're endearing characters. Mm. But like me, if I got that electric powers I wouldn't even consider being a hero. I wouldn't even consider it. I wouldn't be like a major supervillain, but every ATM I walk past, I would, I would take a bit of cash from there. Yeah, 100%. Take a bit of cash there. Like, that would be my life. To the point where a lot of the times, jo- uh, Johnny Johnny Bolt being involved in these heists, I'm like, bro, just go hit up an ATM. Like, just yeah. take out the cash. You yeah. don't need to do this. Even, even, he, likes, he likes the thrill of it, doesn't yeah, he? he? He likes does. the thrill of it, yeah. Yeah, because even at the end, yeah, before they were about to go to the wedding, yeah, he, they, he doesn't need to pull out a last job. That's what I'm saying. Like, he did it because he wanted to get her a gift, yeah? But you don't need to steal the gift. You've just got all this money. Go <laughs> buy her a fucking gift. Like, he's a kleptomaniac, bro. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I enjoyed the ending as well, man. Like, I wouldn't mind getting some kind of, maybe not like a direct sequel, but I, I like this world, innit? And I yeah. want more. And it's a shame that they cancelled Jubilee's Legacy. I enjoyed season one. So did I, you know. It, it actually, I think this was better. Yeah, this was. I think this was better this than was Jupiter's a- Legacy. But I did enjoy Jupiter's Legacy. And what, what I th- would have liked to have seen if they continued Jupiter's Legacy because obviously this crosses over with Jupiter. I think this these are the only two Mark Millar properties that actually officially take place in the same universe. Mm-hmm. Like the rest of them, like there's like theories out there, like kind of Pixar theories or Quentin Tarantino theories where like this, this could be connected. Like basically in, in like Wanted, that's a story about all the villains teaming up because they realize they outnumber the heroes ridiculously. Yeah. But rather than fighting them week by week, one-on-one taking their turn to lose, they all team up and finally defeat all the heroes and mm. take over the world. So super crooks could have, uh, super crooks and Jupiter's legacy could have been initially how the world was. Then a couple of generations down the line, the villains team up and take out the heroes. Then a bit more generations down the line, kick-ass is like where superheroes start to come back up do you know what i mean and and everything kind of fits into this theory but i don't think it's official do you know what i mean okay but yeah these these two are officially linked obviously that the utopians in this and and stuff like that the union of justice yeah i would have liked to have seen if we had a season two of jupiter's legacy it would have been really cool especially since like one's live action and one's animated if we got scenes from this show from the perspective of the Utopians. Like, the yeah, Utopian and, and the Union of Justice. So that episode where the um, necromancer comes out with all the zombies and stuff. Yeah, imagine that's great. If, imagine if we got that from the perspective of the the Union of Justice. Like they because they didn't know it was a, a it was like a distraction. They went out to fight them. Do you know what I mean? So 
we could have got that scene in live action in season two of Jupiter's Legacy. And it, I think it would have been cool to have these two different forms, like one's animated, one's live action, but having the same scenes from the different points of view, do you know what I mean? I thought that could have been cool, but I guess it's, it's not going to happen. Because mm. they didn't realise, they didn't even realise that it was... Um that it was all fake, did they? They thought that's by I mean, the end that, of that fight, like he smashed into the ground and he's like, stay good hell. Yeah, he, that's what I mean. By the end of it, they didn't even realise. So you could have this as an episode in um, Jupiter's Legacy and not even have to reference the fact that it wasn't real. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, because so from their this, perspective, it was real. Is this set before or after the what happened in Jupiter's, Jupiter's Legacy probably, series. Probably after, because they were older. Mm. But then afterwards, at the end of Jupiter's Legacy, it turns out that <clears throat> the mind dude is, is is like the villain, and he's, oh, yeah, he's that's, manipulating them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but he's... It was only revealed to but us. But they're all old in that as well, aren't it, they? It was only revealed to us, yeah. the audience, though. I know that, that's but true. like, um, he was... They were quite old in that, weren't they? And and it, he had the same hair in the in the series. I, the, I reckon it's taken a place around the same time. Mm. Do you know what I mean, whether it's slightly before or slightly after, I'm I'm not too sure. But mm. like you said, based on their ages, like because they were old in Jupiter's Legacy, they look around the same level of old in this. Yeah. So it's a, I reckon it's around the same time. But like you said, the um, the 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 mind guy being revealed to be a villain was only revealed to the audience the the team still didn't know yeah similarly how like the the is it the praetorian in this yeah, yeah. he was working with the villains but again they they didn't know so until the end until the end yeah, yeah. but um i like that guy as well. i like his powers different different like he's got random powers and he like he gets them based on what card he picks from the deck yeah. thought that was really cool the way he's just shuffling them so cocky and confident like I, I thought he was a good character i liked him and and i liked his kind of rivalry that builds up throughout the show between him and the gladiator yeah i thought that was pretty cool to to like the point where it builds up in the climax and then duking it out like two heroes and and that just shows the the difference in power levels between the villains and heroes because once we had a hero versus hero fight that's when shit really like got epic. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, um, it all seemed like the heroes had better powers. Had huh? The heroes always seemed that they had better powers. Yeah, and, and the gladiator fucked up the Praetorian, like fucked him up differently. And I thought it was funny when, like, even Johnny Bolt, I think, or someone was like, "Raw, like." we don't want to kill him do you know what I mean yeah and the gladiator was like no don't worry he won't die he'll survive this but yeah, he might have brain um, he might have brain damage though and I just remember laughing and thinking oh Batman would be so proud of that <laughs> <laughs> I had the pop culture when I watch stuff like this yeah where it's like a modern day comic book yeah I like because they referenced um, uh, The Walking Dead they referenced um, yeah what else did they reference mm. they referenced something else that was like baby pop culture and I was like oh I like this but um, yeah, no, yeah, I, no, I, no, I, I mean, uh, Mark Millard does that a lot. He references a lot of pop culture stuff. Mm. Yeah, man, I hope uh, we get more Mark Millard projects because both projects that he's done so far, I've really enjoyed and I like, really want to see more of. Mm. 
no, definitely. I, I would like to see a sequel to this. I don't think it needs it because it's kind of like a complete story. Yeah, yeah no, and I, I think, like. I think I it's like fine as it is. But for each character, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But they did, they did, they did the 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 um, 90s black movie thing where they were like, ah, oh, Terrence went on to high school and <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I did quite enjoy that as well. I think it's funny though that um, the gladiator when he comes out at the end everyone's like loves him off even more like he becomes the most loved hero yeah and i just remember thinking this fucking lgbtq <laughs> agenda like it, no but i'm sorry yeah he cheated on his wife he has a kid with her oh no i and- thought i thought he cheated on his, his partner i thought they he, he, it, he i thought they knew that he was gay no he was uh, he was in the closet he had the wife and kid and that's why he was like look I will reveal this and being gay is fine. That's not the problem. But cheating on your wife and kid when you're a superhero, do you know what I mean? Doing this and that, like it don't look good for you. Do you know what I mean? So when he then comes out and then it's like, and now he has his partner and all of this and everything's good and everyone loves him off. I was like, it's just because he's gay. If he was straight and it came out that he cheated on his wife, he would be hated. He wouldn't be like, oh yes, we love him. Good job. You cheated on your wife. Nice one, man. Do you know what I mean? Uh, like, I just I because, I take it just because he, huh? Yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah, man, trust me that he, that was the whole that was the whole reason he was able to to um um like blackmail him into joining the team, innit? Because I just thought it's because yeah, he was blackmailing because he was gay, and he I didn't know it was all because he was gay and like a closet gay. No, yeah, he was a closet gay because at the end it said he came out. Oh, you know what I mean? And he's got a boyfriend now and everyone knows and he's he's one of the most loved superheroes. And I was like, I bet he fucking was. Do you know what I mean? I bet everyone <laughs> said he's so brave. Oh, how brave you are. <laughs> oh, remember when that, that presenter came out and he was like been married for like 20 plus years? Presenter? Yeah, he was a presenter on like ITV, the white guy. Oh, Philip Schofield, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone, he's brave as well. Everyone so was like, oh, couldn't you tell? I was like, no, never. Like, I did not hmm. think he was gay. Like, mm. it was mad. Yeah, that's what I mean. You can't tell. Yeah. The one thing I will give the gladiator though is he he was doing a lot of work to uh, making bald men sexy again. So you know, I, I got to give him ratings for that. That scene <laughs> where he swims to the island and then comes out and like flicks his no hair back. And like the water, I was like, yes, represent first board men out there. Yeah. You can be sexy too. <laughs> the um the 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 fantasy world that you got put into when you fell in the sea was fucking hilarious. Yeah, that man. is joke. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I like that man. Yeah. But yeah, la- last thing I want to say about this, like you said, Ace, it's basically a story of two heists. The show is kind of split down the middle, yeah. and I think that's actually genius in the writing of the show that basically you have the team like the the heat the the old guy he's convinced this is the perfect plan nothing can go wrong do you know what i mean and by chance the the praetorian being in the toilet and not responding to the call and and being there ruins the whole plan do you know what i mean yeah. and there's like serious consequences like it's not like like it's nothing like there, there's a five year time gap after this of, mm. of full of consequences. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So when it then comes back to the second heist and it's basically the same exact setup, 
they're going after the same guy. Um, the, the stakes are high. It's, again, another perfect plan um, against the bastard uh, who previously, like, stopped them in their tracks and he spared them. But getting caught by him again, he's not going to spare you again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So the stakes are higher. Um this time they can't use their powers because of the that that thing that they're on in the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, they're saying this is the last job. Do you know what I mean? We're going to do this, and the last one was meant to be the last job that went wrong. You was meant to get married to to um, Casey, but ended up going on your bachelor joy stag do crime spree. Yeah, and ended up in jail for five years. Like, do you know what I mean? So it almost ruined your life. Like everything almost was ruined. And now you're doing it again. Do you know what I mean? So there's is a there a time jump of... in this? Then? Yeah, yeah. There, there is, is, yeah, there is a time, time jump halfway through. Yeah. I think I've just got to the end of the 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 first heist. Yeah. So then, yeah. Um, much straight after it's that, not... There's a, there's a, it's not like a major thing. Like it's a quick time jump, but it makes yeah. sense, isn't it? Like, yeah. and it, it like uh, again, like I said, I just enjoyed the fact that it was like literally two heists. It was really well done. Hmm. Yeah, no, it definitely was good. I, I, I would give this. Uh, oh, I so badly want to give it a whole chicken, but I think it's gonna just it's good. It gets the highest of three pieces from me. It is really, really good. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. There, this gets a three piece. I really enjoyed it. Uh, like, I was surprised that you banged it out so quickly. Like, did you watch it in English? I did watch it in English. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. There, because I was like. There's no way T watched an anime that quickly unless he absolutely <laughs> loved it. And cause, cause again, no, I was into it, bro. It, it sucked me in. like, And again, part of it, I guess, was just wanting to see that opening credits again and hear that song. Ah, it was dope, like, I was like, if I finish this episode and start another one, <laughs> I get to hear that what, song again. What, watch them dancing. <laughs> watch them dancing. Yeah, bro, I loved it. I, oh, I, I watched that way in every single time. Mm. It was, man. And I didn't even... Gonna lie for an animated character, Casey's hot, bro. Oh, okay. She was dancing and opening. She can give me illusions any day, mate. I don't <laughs> really one thing I thought was funny. One one thing I thought was funny about this show, though, is that it was really stupid that twice um, a character put their middle finger up and they blurred it out, and it was blurred. They blurred it out, but didn't they? Then, but that was so funny. So much violence, I reckon that was on purpose. It, 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 had to have been it had to have been a joke like yeah there's no way a censor said okay (laughs) uh, i like these two characters that can get bloodied and chop their hands off and guts and bloods everywhere especially that scene where they're walking down that corridor with the what is it the like the the laser pens the micro chainsaw or whatever it's called the molecule chainsaw yeah that fucking scene is graphic, bro. But you're gonna blur out one minute finger. It's <laughs> joke. That, that was just funny to me. To me, like you said, I reckon it was done on purpose as like a a comment on that, like the fact that that is how it is in in movies. Do you know what I mean? Like to get an R rating, it's not necessarily about violence. Like it is, you can show the exact same violence and get a 15 rating mm-hmm. just by not putting blood. But if you swear twice. It's, it's an R rating. Yeah. If you say fuck twice, R rating. Definitely an, uh, an R rating. 
this, oh, this yeah, podcast. Without a doubt. The podcast without a doubt. that we're on right now. I've dropped so many f bombs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nana. Yeah, I made your own R rated one. Oh yeah, no, it's all good. <laughs> like in, in the soundcloud <laughs> options, I definitely put down adult material. Like so, we're all good there. Mm-hmm. Um, mine. I don't think you said anything. Did you watch this? Mine. Is he? He's getting his delivery, isn't he? Oh, maybe. I must He'll have, be back I, in a bit. I must, must have missed that. Because um, he has seen it, right? I'm pretty sure he's seen it. Yeah, he said he just he just finished it, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, we'll have to we'll get his... We'll get his... We'll get his... shit and when he comes back. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I really enjoyed it. I liked um, the guy that could control the weather because it was just like... You know, again, he doesn't necessarily need to be a villain either. Like, if you can control the weather, do you know how effective mm. you can make money in this world? Like, you know, like, he couldn't... Bro, you can sell all kinds of umbrellas with that power. Not even just umbrellas, though. You can just go to a nation <laughs> that's, like, struggling with, like, famine and shit and be like, Look, you know what, give me X amount and I'm going to, you know, make your crops grow. Mm. Like, so much things you could do with that. Yeah, it's true. Nah. It's true. Do we... I like I like the combination of his power with Johnny's power as well, mm. where where forecast makes it rain and then Johnny makes the lightning and thunder. That, yeah. I thought that moment was quite cool between the two of them. Do, do we know the what... whole the whole team? The whole team is good. Like TK with his like telekinetic powers, mm. the ghost being able to phase through things, mm-hmm. uh, the the two brothers healing. I thought were, were really cool how that was um, portrayed. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Does Ghost get the um? So, so because I'm in, uh, I think I'm on like episode nine or something like that. Um, yeah. he, he's put, he's just put the helmet on. Um, and they're, they're talking about a curse being attached to that helmet. Yeah. Um, and he says he has to say super califragilistic. Hearing them say that in Japanese, yeah, is so funny because it's so <laughs> awkward. <laughs> Did they actually say supercalifragilistic as we had Yeah, but it's so awkward that <laughs> they say it in Japanese. It's funny. Oh, that's <laughs> but does he get a curse? Keep watching. That's what I want to say. Oh, <laughs> spoilers. Um, I, I particularly enjoyed the um, the fight on the top of the plane. Those that guys, so cool, those two guys, just they 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 totally don't give a fuck, do they? Yeah. <laughs> First one just goes straight <laughs> straight into the fella yeah, and it doesn't was... get involved in the fight after that at all. They are they are now on an immortal, aren't they? Pretty much, yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> they were funny, the, the, man. I like the, the fight. The fight on the top of the plane with the gladiator was awesome because it just went back and forth so much, didn't yeah. it? It was. And eventually, he he pulled him away from the plane, which was kind of like the nece- the necessary um, part of the the plan, wasn't it, to to get mm. him away? Yeah. So, mine, I, I I didn't really hear much of you on this. So, what did you think of Super Crooks? Uh, first and foremost, I'll give you my rating. Um, three piece, so three piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the set it's in. Um, I had no idea, like you guys, I don't. Was, or maybe not like all of you but I had no idea it was actually based off of, of a comic book um, and in the same world as um, Jupiter's, Jupiter's Legacy. Legacy Yeah. until I saw the heroes there I was like oh wow okay cool so yeah I was really happy to see that um, it got me thinking even if there's not going to be a new Jupiter's Legacy uh, um, 
TV series, they could do an animation to it, uh, which would I, I I would happily sit down and watch an animated um, yeah. um series of Jupiter's uh, Legacy. Um, I really like the characters. So Johnny Bolt with his lightning powers and how he first got his powers and just how awry it went when he tries to be a hero. And right off the bat, he said, "Ah, right, screw it, it's gonna be a bad guy." Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I thought oh, as cool. soon as as soon as he went. Above that spoonful, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could see so much going wrong as soon as I saw that. Literally, I was like, dude, you have lightning powers, you're near a pool. Even if <laughs> you fry these guys, like, it's, like, uh, like potentially you could fry these guys, mm. or something else can happen, or you could fry yourself. Um, yeah. and yeah, obviously, the, the form what happened where he ended up like killing a whole host of people. Um, I really like the superheroes, like Gladiator, for example. I know he's already spoke up Gladiator, but you know he's got superhuman strength, and um, even though he lives the life of a hero and tries to be as principled as possible, he ends up getting blackmailed by Johnny. So I thought that was pretty. I thought that was, um, mm. and the way it happened as well was so. Basically, they played on the fact that he's unfaithful to his partner, um, yeah. so. Yeah, and also the black the, the black that we used to in in one of the heists. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, spoilers if anyone hasn't seen that bit yet. Um, you have characters like Praetorian as well. Who, again, I always knew there was something wrong with Praetorian, where he ended up killing um, um, even the bad guys. Um, mm. Yeah, it reminded me a bit of uh, you know how. Uh, so remember in Jupiter's Legacy where you had the younger generation of superheroes that yeah. said, you know what, screw it, the old ways aren't working. Praetorian reminded me of that. Yeah. But, um, further to that, we continue to watch the series in terms of that actually he is a really a corrupted hero and he is in servitude to the bastard. Um, so yeah, he was a very interesting character. Just the fact that he has what over 200 abilities and yeah. even he doesn't know what ability he's going to get or how strong it's going to be, but he still uses it anyway. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, the bastard himself, I really like the bastard. Um, Obviously, him being this older, older guy with psychic abilities, um, and the way he's just so ruthless to even his own allies is uh, was something that was um, interesting to see. Um, the two brothers who kept um, healing themselves were Roddy and Sammy Diesel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was Roddy Diesel um, in one of the heists. He says that um, he portrays himself to be to, to be uh, have a doctorate in like particle physics or something like that. And I'm like, okay, cool, it's just a ruse. And then, again, spoilers, it turns out that actually he is a particle physicist. So you're like, what? What's this guy doing acting so dumb? Yeah, but, he's actually he's proper smart. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah there are a lot of references to Jupiter's legacy. Um, I references um, many of the heroes that share the same world. So, again, uh, very, very cool. Um, I, just, I just like the whole way that in a similar vein to Invincible, where you have heroes and, you know, there's, there's, there's not just this golden age of superheroes where heroes always do the right thing and, and villains always do the bad thing. It's a sort of intermingled thing, which I which I really appreciate. And even the villains themselves had good powers. It wasn't as if the villains were just, you know, just any one of the mill people with just random stupid powers. So they all had some sort of threat to them, whether it was ice abilities, whether it was the ability to um, heal themselves. Well, there's the ability to teleport X, Y, Z. Um, yeah, so really, really enjoyed the series. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I, I agree with what you're saying there. That the villains, the the selection of powers they had were really good, and some of them were quite powerful. 
but I think the the point me and Ace were making is that the in terms of just physical strength, uh, the heroes seem to be like in a level in a league above the villains. Yeah, I agree. You know I mean? in terms of Physical, physical strength like Praetorian and Gladiator for example were just yeah. super strong beings even without their powers they were still super strong like literally punching each other yeah. as they can and then I, like I cracking walls and stuff like that I didn't really understand what happened there at the end because the the machine got turned back on so all of their powers mm-hmm. were stop, like would stop working again I was expecting like that to turn out to be part of the whole plan like mm. um and for them to just end up rushing the Praetorian because now we're all on the same level. We're just normal people. There's like yeah. eight of us and one of you. You're about to get rushed. <laughs> but it didn't It didn't work out like that. He yeah. still had his powers. I don't understand well, he how start, him he didn't and the Gladiators still, still had just, their powers. I don't think they had their powers. You just, they were just still super strong. Like they, yeah. they just weren't as weakened as the other guys were. If that, if Did the Praetorian... Sense. Are you sure? Because I swear at one point, because obviously the heat... He doesn't actually have powers. He's got tech, so he yeah. could still use it, it, it without setting off the thing, or it wasn't turned off. And during the fight, when when Praetorian's there, just before he fights the gladiator, and he's like fighting the team, I'm pretty sure the heat like shoots at him with the fire, and he Praetorian kind of like uses some power to like absorb the fire and do something with it. That was, early, that was early on before the machine was that early on? Yeah, yeah that maybe. was early on before the machine was on. Yeah. Okay. Afterwards was, was just a slugfest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that, that bit was cool, man. I, I, yeah. I like I the show, man. I, I would definitely wouldn't mind another series, but if it was just this, I think it's fine. It's a, it's, it's a very well told story. Mm. It, it started off well, it ended well. Mm. And in a similar to way to like, like, I feel like a season two would have to undo a lot of the ending of this series. Do you know what I mean? Like where, what happened with the characters and where they ended up would surely yeah. have to be undone for there to be a season two. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, just, just to add as well, um, there was a scene um, right at the end, which felt a lot like Ocean's Eleven to me. Like, remember, right? Remember in yeah. Ocean's Eleven where with, with the actual heist of the casino vault? Something very, very similar happened, but it wasn't the Casino Vault per se. It was uh, Cassie and sort of her psychic battle with um, with the bastard, with uh, Christopher Bats. And it all be an illusion literally right at the airport rather than all the way to the mansion, stuff like that. So I thought that was pretty cool because... That was sick, yeah. yeah there's, there's a bit of what I'm thinking to myself. Oh my gosh, like... I, th- I, th- I, th- I think mainly for the villains, it just it was just going too well for them. Um, with everyone else, I saw people dying and stuff like that. But for the, the main villains themselves, so you know Johnny, um, um, the Diesel Bombs, etc., etc., they, I thought the points where I thought the Petroleum had, ki- had definitely killed them. But, like, do you know what I mean? And they hadn't died; they'd just been knocked out or seriously hurt. Mm. Um, yeah. So this one, where it came to Cassie, uh, me thinking that Cassie's dead. And then just for it to go back and be like, oh, actually, she's not dead. It turns out that she had done this whole construct thing before. I was thinking, wow, even even got me on that one. Yeah. I, liked, I liked how they yeah. revealed that as well with the um, with the painting. Yes, yes, yes. He made a big deal about how this painting could never be replicated. It's such a unique... Th- and then, obviously, her power is so sick that um, 
you realize that the like the fact that she spent so long looking at the the painting earlier when she was with him mm. was obviously to take it all in and to to replicate it later on and it was literally yeah down to the brush strokes that mm. the, the bastard realized wait a minute something's up here mm. like those aren't the right brush strokes and i was like fucking hell like that guy is deep like he knows this painting yeah and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought how it was the reveal w- was executed well Nice. Well, yeah, that's that's all I've got to say about Super Crooks, and that's my week. I want to pass it on to T. What what have you been up to? <clears throat> um, all right, yeah. So as well as all the stuff like that we're, we're going to talk about for our topic, um, I've spoken about Apostle. I watched that. It was a good uh, good film. Um, I watched uh, the latest South Park movie. Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't called... get a chance to watch that. Oh. You watched that? Oh, you didn't watch no, it? No, I didn't get a chance oh, to watch that. Oh, okay. Have you seen the other ones? The, the first yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, No spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers, because I, I want to watch that. Oh, okay. Has anyone else right. seen it? Hold on. Has anyone else seen it? I've raised it to special, so I've seen this, the latest one. Ah uh, yeah, save 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 it if no one else has watched it. Okay. Then, because that, I'll save it for next I, week because I've, I've got no. Yeah, I did want to watch that. I just was, you know, in pain. Alright, I'll save that for next week. It was good though. I, I really enjoyed it. Um it is a continuation of the first two that we've seen. There was the South Park the pandemic special, mm-hmm. South Park the vaccination special, and now this one South Park post COVID. Yeah. Uh what they do with it is very funny. Um it uh, I don't know. Okay, I'll, I'm just going to leave it. Yeah, it's say, good say though. This is part of the. This is part You've of the integrity, man. The, yeah, <laughs> a lot of like the integrity weed and a lot of the stuff from those first two movies is continued in this one. Uh, just the whole concept of this episode. I don't want to say it because part of the reveal of it is what made it so good, mm-hmm. and I want you guys to experience it fresh, like I did, because I didn't know it was going to be like this. That's oh, all I'm going to say. I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, m- maybe you do. Is, I'm not going to say it, though. Wait, is it Hello. something that you get from the trailers or not? Because if it's something that you get from the trailers, then... I hadn't seen the trailers. I didn't ah, even know this was coming. Okay. I just went online, and it was there, and I was like, what's this? And then I watched it. Okay, yeah. But I, saw I from hadn't the trailers. seen the trailers. What happens in the trailers? Again, I don't want to say for those that might not have seen the trailers. Has everyone seen the trailer? Yep. Nope. Don't worry. I don't mind. I don't mind spoilers. So basically, you're seeing the the the, the kids grown up. Yeah. Is that what so you're, is that what you're referring the to? The implication, the implication is that like post COVID, the 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 virus is starting to die down. It's finally gone, and you're thinking, oh, okay. And then it's revealed that Stan is an adult. Kyle, they're all adults now. This mm-hmm. is how long the pandemic's been going on. Yeah. Everyone's an adult now. So that Um I think Stan and Kyle, when they're adults, they look exactly, and this is probably on purpose, but they look exactly like the creators, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, really? so I thought that was quite funny. Uh, and yeah, it's, it, it's got kind of like It vibes. You know the movie It, where like an event happens where they're children and then the second part of it takes place where they're all adults and like they're getting back together and you're finding out 
like what it's got that kind of vibe to it mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it's very good i'm not gonna say anymore but oh yeah we'll talk about it next week hopefully you guys would have seen it yeah, and we can yeah. get into it uh okay then what else have i been doing um i've watched uh a show called taskmaster now it's nothing to do with comics basically it's is this like the, a, is this the, the 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 like the the game show taskmaster yes, yes <laughs> is this the first time you've seen it i've never seen it before oh it's it amazing before. this it's is like so one good. of the best shows ever it's so fucking funny man it's so fucking funny like i'd i'd seen it advertised like on tv and on, on dave and stuff like that but i never actually got around to watching it um i saw like a clip of it on youtube and i was like this is fucking funny and then i ended up watching it there's 12 seasons i'm on i've nearly finished season six already um some seasons have about five episodes they range between about five and they've kind of been going up as the seasons have been going i'm assuming because its popularity grew at the time but now at 10 episodes per season but it's really good. It's like a panel kind of game show. They bring on comedians and uh, basically like it's at a house and they just get, get given tasks to do. And literally you get given a task and you can do it in any way you want. You can find any resources in the house. You can even leave the house and go to the shops. You can drive down the road. You can call a taxi. There's no limit to what you can do except for the rules that they stipulate on the card for the for that specific task so for example one of them um there's like a shower and the one of the hosts is sitting under the shower and the task is <laughs> in, in three minutes the shower is going to turn on keep him as dry as possible whoever keeps him the driest wins that's it that's that's the thing so the first team they like start wrapping him in clean film putting like things over his head to try and deflect the water doing all that then the the shower turn and he stays pretty much dry but he does get a bit wet then the next team they just unplug the shower they just unplug the shower and then <laughs> that's what i was thinking <laughs> i was thinking why don't you just un- <laughs> like disconnect the water uh-uh. exactly. so that's the type of thing you can do on the show you have to think outside the box uh, basically that they're, they're given a, a a canvas they're given pots of paint uh um, which are all like highlighted with like glow in the dark like lights, but they're all like one color. You can't tell what color the paint is. Mm. And the task is draw a rainbow, paint a rainbow on the canvas. But you're in pitch black. That you can't tell what color the paint is. They kind of give you clues because like the paint smells like a flavor that would match a color. So if you smell strawberry, you can assume <laughs> it's red. If you smell banana, it's probably yellow or lemon. Or, do you know what I mean? So. Most all the contestants were kind of working off that, mm. but one of the contestants switched the light on. There was nothing in the task that said you can't switch the light on. It just said you cannot leave the room. So when the guy switched on the light, it was like funny. This is horn. That's they're, right. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just brilliant. Yeah, the chemistry. Yeah. He, He's Greg Davies is like the taskmaster, and yeah. Alex Hall is his bitch, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like his little butler bitch boy, <laughs> and he just disrespects him all the time. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, this has got um, Alan Davies as one of the. He's like a regular um, kind of member of the the panel. Um, one of the one of the sort of members who has to do the tasks. 
Um, and I, I love Alan Dane, lots of amazing stuff. I, using QI, which yeah. I love. Um, but recently, this, uh, there's a guy who was on uh, Man Like Mobeen. Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, I think he's called Guz Khan. And he yeah, is fucking Khan. funny. He is so funny. It just, it have brilliant, like, um, the, all the characters are just, like, have got their own personalities. And mm. they're all comedians as well. Who are on on there? So, yeah. like Russell Howard's been on there. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Skinner, like they've had some good people on there, man. Yeah, they've had they've had a lot of lot of good. Mortimer. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I mean, how many how many series? Twelve. Has it been so going there's for? twelve series. Oh, a, yeah, twelve series. That, and basically, yeah, isn't each, it? each series they keep the same set of celebrities for each episode throughout that series. So they they win individual episodes, but then by the end of the series, they count up all their points and see who was the series winner. Um, and it's funny because each episode, the first task of each episode is called the prize task. And they basically get them to bring in the prizes. And so they'll say, all right, this week, bring in your most, like the thing you're most proud of. Or this week, bring in the most surprising item or bring in this. And then like they rate their items. And I think one of the week, one of the episodes was like bring in your most important document. And one guy brought in his marriage certificate, <laughs> and he lost that episode, so he had to give his marriage certificate to this other guy. <laughs> oh, that's oh, it's a funny show, man. It's good. It's mm. good. But yeah, that's 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 basically me, man. That's what I've been up to. Nice, nice, Stevie. <clears throat> you watch anything different? Oh shit. Um. Yeah, I've I've watched a few things. Um, uh, I've got a list, and I'd completely forgotten what's what's on the list. Um, I've watched Wheel of Time up to episode three, and I uh, thought I, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Um, so, and I'm really enjoying it. So that's like a three piece for me at the moment. Nice. Um, I, I thought it was going to be a bit shit, but actually, it's really well kind of like <clears throat> well produced and. Um, the story's story is going on and on and on, and it's like, what the fuck's going to happen next? Like, mm. so yeah, I'm quite quite enjoying that. Um, I watched the first episode of Dogs in Space on Netflix. Yeah, that's um, on my to list at some point, but I don't know if I'm actually going to get around to it unless you tell me it's amazing right now. It is funny. It is well funny. It's yeah. dog. Basically, humans have sent dogs have. Humans have fucked the planet up so badly they need to find a new planet. Um, so they've genetically engineered dogs to like they've they've made them clever, um, and they've made the because they're man's best friend and they're loyal. So they'll go and find a new planet. Um, and it's just the, the this crew of dogs just uh, they they're just they fuck everything up. <laughs> they're, they're so useless <laughs> at everything. Um, like the first in the first episode, they're talking to some sort of like monster on a planet, and the monster's like, "Why? Why should we let humans come here?" And, and he's like, "Well," and they're like, the, the, "The humans have destroyed their own planet. Why, why should they come here?" And it's like, "Ah, yeah, that's a good point." Um, I tell you what, I've got an idea. Um, and he whips out a gun and then like a laser <laughs> pistol and then drops it and it shoots the, the, the monster's got like a pet that it's stroking the whole time and it, it, he vaporizes the pet and he's like, oh no, I didn't mean to do that. I meant to give you the gun. Like, 
<laughs> he basically was like, you know, like turn on him. But yeah, he's he's very funny. Um, I'm I'm really really enjoying it. It kind of the way it's animated, it looks like it should be a kiddie show, but it's the kind of like the humor is quite dark. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna con- carry on watching that. I think. Um, nice and de- definitely definitely check it out if you get. Yeah, it. I'm gonna try. Um, I'm gonna try and get that watch for this next week as well. I realised I said earlier that I haven't touched um, Disney Plus, um, which I'm, I'm not lying. I haven't. I haven't touched Disney Plus, but I have seen American Horror Story, um, like a few episodes of American Horror Story, because oh, nice. my kids have been really getting into horror. Um, I think since like Halloween, they they just like hmm. they're like, yeah, we want to watch some horror movies, and um, they watched. The, series one of American Horror Story mm-hmm. and they were like, Dad, this is amazing, this is really good. Um, and you know, like it's not actually actually it's not actually shit. And it's got loads of like famous actors in it. Mm-hmm. And um and I, I was like, oh, okay. And they were like, let's watch can can we like have dinner and watch episode one of season two? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like set season two is set in a like a insane asylum where mm-hmm. or like a like a mental institute where they're but it's got like a guy who's doing experiments on people and and they're using electroshock therapy. Yeah. And it's got, um, uh, it, it, and the stories are really good. I've, I've watched, so far watched episode one and two of, of this second season. And I'm actually really interested. There's like character development. There's, mm. there's, there's um, body horror, like gore. There's also like, um science fiction elements to it there's um there's an exorcism that goes on there's mm-hmm. it's got everything i'm really convinced the thing that's cool about american horror story is each season is a different is a completely different story it's yeah. got the same the same actors but they play different characters in different time periods yeah. you know I mean? and They're my kids were saying that they were like hey hold on a sec that's jeff from season yeah. one <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay, fair enough. But it fair had um, this one had uh, the guy from there was a, a a singer from a band as the um ah what's his name? Then my kids again were like, hey, that's that's the dude from um oh from from whatever the band's name was, mm. and he gets like his arm chopped off within <laughs> like the first ten minutes. <laughs> it's a brilliant, great introduction. Yeah, the cast is good. I think season two is when they bring in um oh what's his name? The guy that played Spock in the and and like and Silo. Zachary Quinto. Zachary Quinto, yeah. He, yeah. he comes in season two. He's pretty good. Uh Evan Peters, Quicksilver, he he comes into the show I think even season two as well, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, right, yeah. it's really good. I've I haven't seen every series. Uh, but me and my wife got into it uh, about a year or so ago, and we banged out. That, that's what's good about it is you can pick which series you want to watch, which seasons you want to watch based on what they're about. You don't have to watch them all in order. So we watched the first season. We watched the second season in the asylum. The first season is the haunted house. We watched the one that takes place in like the circus, like the freak show one. That was a really good one as well. And like you said, the, the stories are good. It, it starts off like with as like horror, 
and there are scary parts but as the show goes on it gets less scary and you just kind of become more invested in the story yeah that, that, that's that was what surprised me was was the, mm. the, the all the stories and the sheer quantity of like really famous actors in this I, yeah. it's got um the, the the doctor in it um this i think he's called james cromwell uh, the actor He's been in shitloads of stuff, and uh-huh. again, Zachary Quinto has uh-huh. um, Joseph Fiennes in it, who's like a, a vicar, isn't he? He does mm. like um, uh, what an exorcism. Yeah. Um, the the the, um, the guy who's um, a musician is called Adam Levine, um, and what was he in? What was Adam Levine in? That uh, name Maroon Maroon Five. Yeah. He's the singer from Maroon Five, which. I found like I was just like, oh, this is bizarre. He's like getting into movies and everything, but it, it is so good. I'm really impressed, and yeah, when I've got more time, I'll definitely be carrying on watching it. Um, probably for another dinner time, <laughs> dinner time watching. Yeah, <laughs> no, I definitely uh, stick with it, man. There's some gems <laughs> in there, man. Some episodes and series are really good. Um, there's another show as well that the same creators made. It's not American Horror Story. It's called Ratchet. It's based okay. off Nurse Ratchet from... Um, did you watch One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a brilliant movie. That was, yeah. yeah. So Nurse Ratchet is the nurse, the main nurse, like the evil nurse from that movie. And cool. so the team, the American Horror Story team, have made a show. Again, I think it's on Netflix. It's just called Ratchet. And um, the character playing... Nurse Ratchet is one of the actresses from American Horror Story. Um, so yeah, so that that's something I want to get into as well. But yeah, man, I, I've um, I've definitely got like uh, brand loyalty for the for that creative team now. They 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 they're quite good. Is it called Ratched, not Ratchet? Ratched, yeah, Ratchet. Ratchet, 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 not Ratchet, yeah, nurse, but not Ratchet. ratchet. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Nurse yeah, 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 yeah. With a D, yeah. Yeah. Fuck, it's a like proper eighteen and everything, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, it's I, I set in to... sort of fifties style, nineteen forty-seven. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, the season two being set in the insane asylum. Uh, obviously, this season must be similar. The, the nurse ratchet or whatever must be similar to that. I'm assuming because it's yeah, though. I don't know. Thing, she wasn't particularly religious, was she? In the uh, in in one flew over the cookie's nest, whereas this is sort of like run by a, a super religious yeah. woman, isn't she? Like uh, the, the nun who's, who's yeah. There. But yeah, no, that's that's that was good fun. Um, so other stuff I've done. Um, I mean, we've been on a crusade. Um, me and the missus to, to watch um, Vikings and any chance that I get to watch it with her will be watching episodes and we have now got like two episodes left until the end of the series um, uh, oh, I think it's series six um, which I guess is the end of it I don't know if there's any more Vikings ever gonna come out but uh, it's been a one hell of a roller coaster it's really good um, and I was concerned that um, after a certain character died, um, not giving away too many spoilers, but, but that it wouldn't, it would go downhill, but it has delivered. Um, and mm. it, yeah, the, 
certain characters that we saw as kids have grown up and turned, and they're just brilliant. Yeah. So, um, so I'm really, really enjoying it. That's what started to put me off when I was watching it is when they had the time skip, <clears throat> and then his son is like a man now, and then oh, that's Bjorn, yeah, yeah, he's yeah when he grew up, and then like you said, certain character dies. I was like, why the fuck am I watching this anymore? Because yeah. I love that guy. Like he was, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, see, Bjorn's character really goes through a lot of development, and um, I assumed, I, yeah, he would become the new main guy. He, he has a in spoilers. He eventually dies, like way down the line. But mm. his death is fucking awesome. Is <laughs> oh my god, he is. He is the man. And there is actually a burial mound in Sweden. I think it's Sweden for Bjorn Ironside. Oh, really? Um, we can actually go there. And that is where he's apparently buried. And I like so, so the wonderful thing he... about this. They, they're, sorry. They, they basically like that. They, they take a lot of liberties in this show, but it, a lot of it is based on actual kind of real folklore and real people that, that, that existed yeah so is his son like the actual main guy like is it like a kind of like like naruto dragon ball thing where you start with him as a kid and see him grow up because i just assumed ragnar lothbrook was the main guy because he was the main guy at the start but was there that- is there is no real main guy that's the that's the beauty of it there yeah. is there, there, i mean i like bjorn einside is 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 the man he is he's a fucking viking he is so he is so awesome but at the same time there's so many other awesome characters in it like um there is genuinely a a a guy from history called either the boneless who was considered to be one of ragnar's ragnar lothbrook's sons um and and in this either the boneless had like his legs were all fucked up and he was like a cripple um, whereas if you look into history, like boneless is, there's lots of actual connotations about what what the the translation of like either the boneless actually means, um, and it, you know, like some people said that he was a cripple, other people said that it was just a, like a, a a name meaning some some sort of like something else, something completely different. But his character is great in it, and there's. Um, Ragnar's um, uh, wife is called Lagatha, and she's her character is, is fantastic as well. There's a lot of kind of a lot of wonderful mythology as well going on there. There's a there's a sort of like a wise man who's who's like a seer, um, and he keeps cropping up in in the series, even after he dies. He keeps coming back to to all the characters where mm. they're like. He's kind of the confirmation that like the gods do exist, you know, and um, and that everything is fated, you know. It's so good, and they have like they explore storylines where they go and like settle in like Iceland and and Greenland, um, and they go, you know, like they they basically go exploring and and, um, because the Vikings genuinely did get to all these different places. um, There's evidence about it. That's what's cool about it as well. Is like you said, they do. I'm sure they do take certain liberties, but the fact that it was made originally 
because I think I'm sure it's being made at Amazon now. But originally, it was on the History Channel. So, as, as well as being a sick show, it was actually quite informative. And yeah, like like you said, I think it took certain lot, liberties. But well, a lot of people said that after like season two, it, it stopped being a historical thing. Like in mm. in the first couple of seasons, it it was genuinely they were trying to be as strict as possible to to actually document be a, like a more like a documentation thing of how did viking culture work and um what what were these characters like and everything like that but it with all the popularity they blatantly you know they they had to take liberties yeah. you know like the, the 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 timeline around um king arthur um because king you know is it king arthur no no um king alfred king alfred and his father um and his brother um king king alfred's Father was called, I think, Ethelwolf or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Um yeah. And and he actually had like four or five sons, of which Arthur was, um, Alfred was like the youngest out of them all. And they all just died of like natural causes, I think, just various different sort of causes. Whereas in this show, they have like um, Alfred's being kind of like the bastard son of. Um, Oh, what was it? So the the the, the monk and um... the, the monk and the 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 king's son's wife, um, and yeah, the king only has this one son and, and no other sons, and it, it, yeah, it's they, they that's where they take liberties, but I think it works. It still works, so I'm still enjoying it. Mm. And actually, they do they document the um, King Alfred having this mysterious disease or like illness or affliction where he just suddenly like passes out or he kind of like he has to go and lie down in in bed and that's actually something that was documented and it was thought that actually like from all the documents they've looked into that he had some sort of Crohn's disease or something like that that meant that he couldn't get like if he ate stuff it, it just like wiped him out and he was sort of often sort of like just having this mysterious illness that nobody could fix and he just had to get through it. So it was quite sort of uh, quite bizarre that he's re- managed to remain on the throne for so long um, and have such a successful sort of like um, time being, being a king and everything because he was considered to be quite weak often, often, you know, but it was a good, good, good bit of an inc- inclusion in the show. But anyway, I've whittled on about that for so long. Um, Apart from that, um, well, we've talked about like um, Earwig and the Witch and, and slammed it to hell. So that's about it for the moment. Cool. Um, to you, mine. Yeah, I've been doing much this week. Um, I've been trying to catch up on stuff. So um, I'm now on episode, I'm on uh, season five, episode 19 of My Hero Academia. Um, I'm now up to date on Comey Can't Communicate. Um, I have. Do, 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 I'm up to date on. Uh, I've seen Platinum End episode eight, so I think I'm up to date on that as well. Um, yeah, very good. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm enjoying Platinum End. Um, I'm enjoying Kobe Can't Communicate because it's a it's a break from the other um sort of shonen type anime that I watch uh, that action was as well was just a nice life school um drama so really enjoying that. 
What's um, the what's the premise of that one again? Kobe can't communicate. Yeah. All right. So Kobe can't communicate is about a high school girl who has a communication disorder, which means that it's not that she's not able to speak or she's um, or she knows she can't. Basically, she's able to speak. She can speak just just uh, fine. It's just the fact that anytime she's with another person, she finds it very, very hard to talk to them. So, um, it's because she can't talk to them like, like like how you and I can talk to each other when we see each other face to face. Instead, she becomes very, very socially awkward, and she'll just she'll just stare at the person for ages and. You know, and, that, and other people think that oh, maybe she's so she's being so cool. Or they look at her as oh, she's she's absolutely amazing. Or they look at her as wow, this woman is actually really scary. So it's just any of those three. Um, so when she wants to, and we'll get we'll get to certain situations where she'll be um, sort of shaken because again, she's trying to get something out, but she can't get it out and things like that. But it just it leads to a whole load of funny interactions. So, she actually has a friend called, um, um, oh, I think his name is, um, Tada, I think it's, oh, it's, it's Tada something, Tada Khan, or whatever his name is. Um, anyway, she has a friend who ends up helping her find, um, a hundred friends for her, who she can, you know, she can talk to. Um, and the first thing they talk is actually about, them writing on the on the blackboard and you know she gets she tells everything about her he does the same um they form a nice friendship and then it's now finding another 99 people to um become friends with her so that's that's what the show premise is um the latest episode i've seen is that they go to a fun fair and they're dressed in traditional japanese clothing um and again, just hilarity ensues. So mm. yeah, it's a really, really good show. I, I I recommend it to anyone to watch just because it's you know it's lighthearted. It's supposed to be funny at times. Yeah, it's, nothing serious at all. It's even it's, so, it's, um, it's on Netflix, yeah. and it was one of the ones that I added to my yeah, list. I just had Netflix. not not a chance to watch it yet. Mm. Oh, yeah, so I, I mean, I give I give the show a three piece. Nice. Yeah. Um. Other than that, I'm obviously coaching at Kingston Uni. Um. We have a game tomorrow. I don't know how Nana's gonna get there if he's gonna, if he's gonna turn up but yeah <laughs> i'm <okay>. gonna fly <laughs> i'll be there one way or another he says he's gonna fly he's gonna be flying and high on codeine or something to help him to pay exactly <laughs> oh, that God. uh um yeah so game tomorrow um i can never remember the teams are playing against but we're always um Oxford, Oxford, on getting I, I, think, I think it's Oxford lasts tomorrow all right yeah um and yeah um, i must i mean i've been to gym regularly so um on, on monday i was finally able to uh i was on a monday or wednesday i was able to finally squat 140 kg Jeez. so i did um so my workout is a bit it's like a pyramid in a way so i did 10 reps on 100 kg then eight reps on 120 kg and then two reps sorry two sets three reps on 140 kg so yeah that was fun um, my legs are hurting a little bit from mm. that, but um, it's good. It's good. I mean, I've, I've pushed my body um, in terms of like I actually lift a bit more than I thought I could. Um, I went to the park today as well uh, to do some cardio. Um, it's very, very lonely because no one else near me um, will go to the park at the times I go to the park, but it doesn't matter. So they get my cold. cardio. So, 
Yeah, I know it's cold, but it's the best time to train. <laughs> it's cold. No, do you know what? I'm, I'm hoping after the surgery, my, my legs are going to be fine because I want to start mm. going back to the gym and squatting and stuff again. Um, oh, yeah, I do. If I do too many squats, my knees just, just like, complain at me. Yeah. <laughs> feel like I'm turning into an old man. Uh, hey, I can't even get into my car without my knee hurting. <laughs> yeah, so, way. Yeah, knees, knees is a... Do you know what? I never... Until I got my knees injured and stuff, I never realised just how valuable they were. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Just uh, being able to just take your body weight and then walking uphill, walking downhill and stuff like that. Realizing that actually a knee does so much support your body, never realized that I got injured. So yeah, I I am forever, you know, I, I don't take I don't take any of my body parts for granted anymore. I'll tell you that. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been up to really. I'm really happy with myself as well for going to the park and everything like that because, um, you know, as I did my my training stuff, um, I wasn't as unfit as I thought I'd be. So yeah, nice. really really good. So yeah, that's pretty much what I've been up to. Alright, cool. And then we're gonna finish it off. I've unfortunately have not I've been struggling to get out for a walk. I try and do walks in the morning, but mm. like that it's the bed is too like nice and warm and at five th- five thirty is when I've got to get up and, and go for a walk if I'm gonna have one. Yeah. So uh it it, it sometimes I get up at five thirty and I'm like, Nope, stay in bed. <laughs> Mm. But uh, it's, it's, not, it's not your fault it's not your fault because you know you try to do your best to get out and your bed just says no come back <laughs> come but back I, I really need to considering I sit on my ass all day long um, I, I have got I probably ought to start going to the gym and mm. doing more sort of exercise but mm. uh, for the moment I'll stay uh, an unfit fat <laughs> accountant are you like Amy? <laughs> Yeah. I probably need to. I probably yeah, need to get into some hello. sort of like team sport hello, that you guys have with your uh, with the American football. I mean, you're more than welcome. I will never ever say no to a, to a, to a fellow uh, teammate. Probably <laughs> none. Actually. A yeah. bit of a trek. Bit of a trek to get up to to wherever you guys play. It's in London, isn't it? Yeah, it's all in London. I guarantee you, there's a team near you, though. There's all these teams I, all over the place. I, I think I'd need to first understand just what the hell goes on in American football first. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Can you not hear me? Yeah, oh, you're yeah. back, man. Yeah, you're oh, not, you, you not going to hear me. All right, so... No, we couldn't. I was about to go nuts. I was about like the patients were about to take over the asylum, but <laughs> you came back just in time. <laughs> we just... We just scan shit whilst you're like, yeah. yeah, I, 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 I gathered. All right, so I wasn't able to what do this because I, again, I was kind of busy this week, um, and I was in too much pain to get it done. So you lot are gonna hear my uh, opinions on this next week, but uh, we're gonna be doing our Spider Man rewatches uh, in a build up to Spider Man um, Far from, No No Way Home. So I believe T and mine have managed to watch. Uh, the Raimi trilogy one, two, and three. So yep, yep. give a quick summary, your rating, and then move on to the next one. And I'll do the same next week. So who right, was the first? Take the lead in this one. All right, go on, T. All right, yeah. So me and Martin were the only two to actually do our homework this week. You know, some people have excuses and notes from their parents, but 
you know, it's fine. Sick um, for the doctor. Sick notes, yeah, from the doctor. Yeah, <laughs> from the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it, it's it was definitely worth the rewatch. Um, I feel like I picked up on a lot of stuff that kind of either went over my head or I didn't notice the first time round, uh, which I'll, I'll get to specifics in a bit. Um, it was a nice little refresher, obviously, with the the villains confirmed to be in No Way Home and Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Well, Toby Maguire, let's let's all be real. Toby Maguire is the real Spider Man we all want back. Like mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield is like the little brother that your mum makes you take to the party with you. Do you know what I mean? Even though no one likes him, he's annoying. Like where it's like ah, like. No one even really that's, wants him there. That's how I see Tom Holland, to be fair, but that's cool. Really? Yeah, yeah. Mm, okay. Well, we're, we're going to get to the amazing we'll get Spider-Man to movies next week. Yeah, yeah. Next week, exactly. So, yeah, so, you know, it's my opinion, my change. Yeah, so this week, uh, we're doing the Raimi trilogy. Um, uh, so, we're going to start with Spider-Man 1, the pretty much one of the movies that kicked off the popularity of, of superhero movies uh, was this X-Men and Blade. Yeah. Um, so the synopsis, I'll give you a brief, I've written down a little synopsis for each movie. Um, so Spider-Man 1, Peter Parker, a.k.a. Spider-Man, face, faces off against the man he has pre-existing connections to, who becomes a villain when he is corrupted by the powers he gains in an experiment gone wrong. Um, that's basically a brief description. There's more to it that we'll get into, but... I forgot how long the opening credits were for these movies. They are fucking long. Um, it's okay because we get the Danny Elfman score, which is, I think, one of the most underrated scores. Even though it's praised, I feel like it's actually not even praised enough. It's one of the, if not the best, superhero scores. And again, watching these movies back to back, I didn't realize that each movie um the the opening credits the score is slightly different each time because there's a section of the score that kind of represents the villain and so obviously in each movie there's a section of the opening credits theme that is different because it it incorporates the theme of the villain do you know what i mean so i thought that was very very uh well done um yeah, I mean, it's a good movie. To me, the first Spider-Man is a whole chicken. Um, I originally, I remember not really liking the origin aspect of this movie. Uh, and so I always considered Spider-Man 2 to be better. But in the rewatch, I think this may actually be my favorite one. It's very close. I, a 2 is very good as well. I, I honestly couldn't decide. I think they're both very, very good movies. Uh, so this gets a whole chicken from me. Martin, what, what would you give the first Spider-Man movie? So the first Spider-Man movie, I think I'd give it a uh, three-piece. Um, okay. I really... So all right, so things I really enjoyed about it were actually Peter Parker being the nerd that, you know, very, very similar to the comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed the the way the story is in general, just the way it pans from Peter Parker to Norman Osborn, to um, Harry, to Mary Jane, um, even um, um, with Aunt May, just those the way those elements worked around and the pacing of that, I think was done very, very well. 
the yeah. pacing is really good in this. Yeah. The, 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 the storytelling is so efficient. Literally, the, the spider bite takes place exactly 10 minutes into the movie. Yeah. And within those first 10 minutes, like you said, we're introduced to Peter Parker as a nerd. We're introduced to MJ as the girl next door that he loves. Mm-hmm. Flash as the jock. Harry and his relationship with his dad, as, as well as just the character dynamics between everyone in general. Yeah. The spider bite, the powers being foreshadowed. All of this takes place within the first 10 minutes. And it it's so well done. It, it's, it's perfect. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, I really like that. I also like, in addition to what you said about the relationships, I also like the fact that there's always this sort of dynamic playing about. So you have this sort of love triangle between Harry, MJ, and Peter Parker. In addition to that, you also have uh, um, Norman Osborn that treats Peter Parker like the son he never had because he he heaps on praise uh, to him even um, in graduation. Um, this is just after um, Uncle Ben dies. He says, um, you know, He's, he says, oh, Harry, I'm proud of you, blah, blah. There's only two times of the wrong. This is one of them, blah, blah. Do you know what I mean? So in a way, it's like a backhanded compliment. And then yeah. goes to Peter and says, oh, Peter, there's anything I can do to help you, blah, 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 blah. So he treats Peter even better than he does his own son. So there's that, mm-hmm. that, that, that plays between those three. Um, then you have the relationship between um, sort of, I guess, yeah, Peter and... MJ herself, just those two, and then MJ and and Harry. Um, so I think it's just I just think it's done very very well um, mm. with those relationships. Um, coming to the powers, um, do you know what for a for a, a hero movie that came out in two thousand two, I think they did very very well to capture um, Spider Man, as in what it's like to be Spider Man. Um, you know, yeah, right from discovering. Get the powers, like, especially when he's on the rooftop and he's like shouting as web to go. It's like, go web, go, fly, yeah. up and away. Mm-hmm. Um, even says Shazam. He says Shazam. A, a yeah. there, there's actually a DC reference in every one of these movies. In in this one, he says Shazam. Mm. In the second one, uh, Aunt May mm. says something to him like, "You're not Superman," you know. And in the third yes, one, man, yes, yes. Uh, in the third one, he says Shazam again when he turns up to like that parade where they're honoring mm. him. He, he yeah. goes Shazam. So yeah, that, that stuff was funny. Yeah. Um, so and yes, I find and even with the like I said that father-son relationship between Harry and sorry between Norman and Peter Parker. Mm. Um, even when Norman realizes that he's Spider-Man, it's almost a bit like he's almost a bit shocked because. He's thinking to himself, this guy, this kid who I treat as, who I look to as a son is, mm. is my enemy now. Yeah. And so even when he leaves the dinner table, stuff like that, it's actually, a, it's actually a worthwhile scene. Um, so I think that there's a lot from the newer Spider-Man films that could be learned from, um, I guess the first two Spider-Man films, especially. Um, oh, definitely. That, you know, I- right now, a lot of it seems, we just okay. We're doing this scene, and we're doing this scene, and we're doing yeah. this scene. Yes, there's just there's a story to it, but you don't feel the emotions or the attachments to characters as much as you do with um, with the um, Sam Raimi um, films. Oh, the whole again, watching the movies back to back, you mm. definitely see the progression of how Spider Man basically ruins the lives of all of these people. Do you know what I mean? Like. 
just just the fact of him feeling the responsibility and the and and it being necessary to be spider-man his yeah. personal life is fucked and it has an effect a ripple effect on everyone around him like yeah, and by definitely. the end of the third one like i'll get to it but i i noticed something that i didn't think of before and mm. it would be very interesting to see if we do see toby Maguire's spider-man in in no way home yeah what state he's in based on the ending of the third movie but i'll get to that that'll be that'll be interesting that'll be interesting because the, um one of the things i didn't like about if i had a trilogy as a whole was mj as a character mm. um i didn't like i mean you could tell that there's obviously they've, they've done they've done well um in you know directing the love story a little relationship between harry sorry between peter and mary jane mm. but mary jane for the most part is either the damsel in distress or not as direct as she should be and i'm going to be totally fair because i always compare my superhero movies to the comic book versions so mm. right off the bat everyone knows that yeah i'm coming out from this aspect so you know i'm not biased in the sense that, that for certain um marvel movies i'll just say okay cool it is what it is i'm always going to refer back to the comics so in the comics right mj is this basically she when she wants something she goes and gets it there's no pussyfooting about it there's no mm. sort of i'm gonna wait for you you to make the move which is a lot which is what happens a lot in um the, in the spider-man trilogy mm. the original Spider-Man trilogy, where it's almost like peter wants to tell her that he he loves her and she's waiting to hear those words whereas mm. if this was a book mj she's like all right peter you and me we're going on a date and you're picking yeah. blah, blah, and that's it cool done yeah it's true um so mj really did um, annoy me throughout the trilogy um I do like I do like Peter's progression from the trilogy though because we looked at number one where you know he first discovers his powers he's very timid and things like that. Um, mm. Then in number two he's he's more of an accomplished hero. Um, he's more confident in, his, in himself. Um, the way he fights bad guys, for example, is a lot more um, prof- in a way prof- experienced. You know, yeah, he knows his on his belt and things like that exactly. Um, and even number three when um, you know even with, with the symbiote or whatever, um, you can still see that he always has, um, that he, he's always thinking about how, how best to beat his, uh, his enemies. And it's something that you don't see in the new um, Spider-Man uh, films, especially the Tom Holland films. Um, so the reason why I say that is because when you look at Peter Parker, um, when we look at the original Sam Raimi trilogy, right? You have Peter who... Yes, he makes his own his own suit, same as the Tom Holland one, same as the Andrew Garfield one. Um, but his nerdiness doesn't ever leave him. Do you know? What I mean, his sort of such awareness doesn't right leave him. It still it still remains with him. Um, uh, so let's just to clarify that what I mean is that when it comes to him, um, you know, being able to. Talk, talk to, for example, um, Kurt Connors about um, about science, or um, Otto Octavius about his uh, fusion reactor. He's still having an intelligent conversation, which doesn't, which sort of just adds to his character, doesn't detract from the comic book Spider-Man. Whereas, if you look at the Tom Holland one, I've yet to see or, or hear a conversation about him where he's nerdy about science stuff. Do you know what I mean? 
um, the only indication to those ones we've seen is where he's looking at um, uh, Winter Soldier's metal arm, for example. Um, and even that is just, you know, just a throwaway comment rather than him analyzing stuff. Um, anyway, so back to um, Samaris, um Peter Parker. Um, it's just that for me, uh, him as Spider-Man, him as Peter Parker, the two work well together. Um, and yeah, this, this, this is why I think with all the elements, that is why I give it a three pieces because I think it's been it's so well done. Um, mm. Yes, at times we do get um, the sort of very comic book character-like um, performances, but actually I think it adds it adds a nice touch to the overall um, trilogy, which I didn't appreciate you know, from memory. I know Nana is someone who says that he actually enjoys the that sort of um, over-the-top acting between um, the Goblin and Peter Parker. So mm. I, I now appreciate it a lot more because it's something that I think is missing from the more current um, Spider-Man films. Mm. No, it's definitely the, the trilogy as a whole. And, and this is kind of a staple of Sam Raimi, but it is very campy and cheesy. Like, mm. even there's a lot of times where civilians would be like, look, it's Spider-Man. Like, it's really yeah. over the top. But it adds to the charm of the movies. Do you know what I mean? It, like you said, we don't get that anymore. Like, films aren't really as earnest as they used to be. And in many occasions, they actually, like, what's the word? Um, they, like, underplay moments like that with a joke. Do you know what I mean? Like, there'll be a moment where, like, the hero will look at himself in the mirror wearing his suit for the first time. And, like, back in the day, that would have been a really, like, epic moment. But nowadays, he'll look at himself and then something dumb will happen, like he'll trip over or, or like, Doctor Strange, like, when he's looking at himself in the mirror with the cape and the costume for the first time and he's got, like, a tear running down his eye and then the cape, like, starts wiping the tear and it becomes, like, a joke moment. Like, yeah. like so I get what you're saying, that the, the movie magic of the past is, is kind of getting lost in, in these modern movies. But um, but yeah, just just a did he cut out? Oh, he cut out. Typical T. Like oh, just, what you that's 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 like you're right in mid flow. <laughs> yeah, he sounded yeah. like he's about to say something epic as well. And he was like, "God, oh. um, oh. wait, all right, <laughs> all right, we're back. T's back. Yes." I don't know when you lost me, so... You're about to go into something epic. In- You're about to go into, like, an epic little rant and then you just disappeared. Yeah, well, that, that all of my magnificent insight is going to be lost to the world now because I can't bother to do that again. Right. I was rambling on, boy. I thought you was all just <laughs> intensely listening, like... I thought I had you guys, would have. You would have. <laughs> but, you know, it just um, out that way. Basically, what I was saying was li- the, there's little things, like... I can't bother. Anyway, perfect, perfect casting. Uncle Ben, Aunt May, these are the best ones. There's never been anyone representing these characters better than it was in this movie. Mm-hmm. J. Jonah Jameson, fucking best casting I think there's ever been. Willem yeah, Dafoe as Green Goblin, fucking amazing. Like, it, the, the casting was done so well in so many aspects. Um, it's... Like you, like you're saying, the 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 pacing of the movie is really good. Within ten minutes, we get every all the information we need. By the fifteen minute mark, um, that's 
the moment Peter Parker has his DNA like transformation scene, mm-hmm. and at the same time you get the Osborne ex- doing his experiment. So again, their trans transformations are kind of synchronized and, and mirror each other in a way. Um, really good, really really good movie. Uh, yeah. I think. Yeah. You've actually just reminded me of something. You've actually just reminded me of something. This is with all of them as well. It's almost yeah. like. We get a transformation ten minutes into the film, right? But and also in that same time, we also get essentially the the Green Goblin, right? Yeah. And the rest of it is just this drama bit that takes place in between. So yes, he fights bad guys. Yes, Barry JD's rescuing every now and again. But it's all this drama bit that happens in between. That's what cap- this is what in- makes us invest in yeah. those characters even more. Do you know what I mean? Whereas now it's almost like you watch half a film. Then the transformation happens, and then it just goes out to a massive yeah, fight, exactly. or whatever the case is. It's just that the build-up isn't as um, you're not as invested in these characters, I think, which is why I believe that the Raimi uh, trilogies are probably the best. Definitely, I say Raimi trilogies, but really, really I mean Spider-Man one and two. Yeah, Spider-Man. Should we should we segue into that one? Uh, um, just one, one last thing I just want to say about the first one that I noticed this watching this time round, and it's kind of a very big, stupid uh, plot hole, I guess you could call it. Um, there's a scene where Green Google and basically attacks J. Jonah Jameson and is asking him, where do you get the photos of, of Spider-Man? Like, mm-hmm. I need to talk to this guy. I need to find Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. I just who gives you his photos? Yeah. Now, in the photos, underneath every photo <laughs> that's published, it says Pictures photos by... by Peter Parker. Yeah. <laughs> in the newspaper. Like, so, Goblin, mate, like, just, like <laughs> you know who provided it. You know who's yeah, Peter I Parker. Agree. So... That was a bit of a, of a bit of an oversight, but then maybe the the whoever designed those newspaper articles, do you know what I mean, just threw that in by themselves. And Sam Raimi, I don't know, I can't explain that. I think that was a big oversight, to be honest. It's, mm. it's not very noticeable uh, on your first viewing or first couple of viewing, but this time round, I saw it and I was like, "That's dumb. Yeah. That's stupid." Yeah. Um, and of course. We can't move on from this movie without talking about the upside down kiss scene, or as I like to call it, that's, that's a sick scene. or as I like to call it, the titties in the rain scene. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a classic. Do you know what I mean? It is is something unique to Spider Man. Like not many characters can do an upside down kiss. It fits Spider Man perfectly, uh, and it obviously comes into play again in one of the later movies. Um, and finally, I will end the review of this movie by saying Green Goblin stabs himself in a dick at the end. Um, oh, I was trying to see where he stabbed himself. I was like, is that is that the spleen? Is that, like, what is that? Do you know what I mean? Like, where did you hurt yourself? It, yeah. it, it looked around the hip below, like, it looked like his dick. It looked like he chopped, Bro, he, he cut through his own dick. Yeah, right. bro, do you remember me of what's that? Oh, is it is it a scary movie? There's a scary there's a scary movie film that parodies um another film which I can't remember that original film, right? But it's one where there's a woman who gets pinned between a car and a tree and basically yeah. if the car was to back away, 
then her body just splits, so her bottom half will split from her top half, right? Sure. So, while I'm willing to throw, um, like, skilled on that, I was thinking, nah, this is literally a mirror copy of that scene, so hmm. maybe Sam Raimi was also inspired a bit by, uh, by, that, <laughs> um, by that film. So, yeah, that's it. Could be, yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so that's where Spider-Man 2. Your uh, rating for Spider-Man 1 was a three-piece. Yeah, three-piece. All right, yeah, so for me, it was a whole chicken. So, moving on to Spider-Man 2. I've written a synopsis for this one as well. Um, Peter Parker, a.k.a. Spider-Man, faces off against a man he has pre-existing connections to who becomes a villain when corrupted by powers he gains in an experiment gone wrong. Isn't that part of the first one? Oh, it's exactly the same as the first (laughs) one. It's exactly the same. (laughs) And, uh, And... You'll probably notice something similar about the synopsis of the third movie as well. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but yeah, so that's one of the tropes of these Spider-Man movies. Um, it even continues into the amazing Spider-Man movies. Funnily enough, the MCU Spider-Man movies mm-hmm. have actually gone in a completely different direction. Every Spider-Man movie, the villain is someone who he knows or someone he has some kind of connection with. Then there's an experiment. It goes wrong, the villain gets their powers, their mind gets corrupted, and they go crazy, and Spider-Man seeks to redeem them rather than defeat them. That is literally the plot of every Spider-Man movie until Marvel get hold of it. And then we have Vulture, which instead of Spider-Man having a pre-existing connection to them, it becomes pretty much the same, except this Iron Man has a pre-existing connection with them, and he is what causes them to be a villain. Yeah. But, um, oh, sorry. You know, just running me off. Yeah. So, so at the beginning of um, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man series, right? Um, in a way, I I'll say to myself, I do like the fact that they're trying to make uh, Oscorp sort of like the head of everything for you know for all you know, the main bad guy with you know obviously mm-hmm. Spider-Man and then um, um, the Lizard and um. Electro, right? But then looking back at the Sam Raimi ones, it literally starts with Oscorp with the Spider Man. It is it always it? Oscorp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't so, drop that either. But even in Spider Man Two, it's it's Harry Osborn. It's Harry Osborn. And it's Osborn that's Os- funding Doc Ock, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought I'd just add that in there. So again, yeah. it's it's good that I'm watching these because it takes it. You know, it actually, I can't be too harsh on the on the newer ones because actually yeah. it does. Start all, it all starts from Oscorp, even the comics. It starts from Oscorp as well. So, yeah, it's true. It, it is true. Like yeah, that is a, a something that people hold against the Amazing Spider-Man movies. But like mm. you said, it, it, it essentially is the same thing here. I think yeah. the only difference is the villains are still individuals. Like where yeah. in the Amazing Spider-Man one, there was just a basement with like sinister six tech like it was like yeah, yeah, yeah. do you want to be an octopus do you want to be a vulture what do you want to be like <laughs> but whereas in this it seems a lot more like it progresses naturally um again long ass intro but it was a bit more entertaining because it recaps the first movie mm-hmm. uh with some really cool artwork um again very efficient storytelling in this it starts off with peter parker's personal life uh as a delivery driver um boss is complaining he's always late he's unreliable so uh clearly being spider-man is getting in the way of his personal life uh even like he says to him 
you have to deliver this pizza on time or you're fired. And then even then, while he's on the way, he spots like some kids about to be run over or something or hit by a car. So he saves them, which mm. obviously delays him. Uh, and then he starts like web swinging with the pizza, which was one of the best levels of the video game of Spider-Man 2. Bro, oh, <laughs> 100%. I clocked that scar. Yeah, like sick, I said, when, when, when I was younger, I clocked the entire Spider-Man um, 2 game. Yeah, best game, watching, best game watching this out, movie just kept reminding me of the game, like especially at the end where um, MJ comes to him and then he hears the sirens and she's like, go get him, Tiger. And then he like jumps out the window and mm -hmm. she watches him swing off. In the game, that happens when you complete the storyline. And then when he swings out into the city, like you take control of him and then like it's just free roam from then on. Like once you've completed the story, you can literally just swing around the city saving crimes. And like I continued to do that for ages after I completed the story. I would just swing around New York, save people, do shit. Like that game what was so sick. Deliver, deliver pizzas. <laughs> deliver pizzas, yeah, man. The other, the other level. I was reminded of by this movie was the was the the fighting Doc Ock on the train, and when he was throwing people off, and you had to like save save them while you're swinging and keep up with the the train. Like that game was sick. Like was just as good as this movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was 100%. really good. Hundred percent. But yeah, so we get to see how his personal life has been affected by being Spider Man. His work uh, at school. We have Kurt Connors, who obviously it becomes the Lizard, uh, which we never get to see in this series. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so it, it, it again, very efficient um, setup here. Uh, one thing that I noticed again in this movie that I didn't notice before, but on Peter Parker's helmet, on his bike helmet when he's delivering pizzas, it's got the address of the pizza shop. Mm -hmm. And it is 233 Bleecker Street. Bleecker Street is the same street that the Sanctum Sanctorum is on. Yeah. That's 177A Bleecker Street. So, really? and, and later on in this movie, um, originally I thought it was just like a throwaway line. But if you connect it to the fact that that specific address was on his helmet, then later on, when, when I think J. Jonah Jameson is trying to come up with a name for Doc Ock to put in a newspaper, someone suggests Doctor Strange. And he's like, yes. I like it, but it's taken. So does Doctor Strange exist in this Sam Raimi world? Yes. We have a reference to Bleecker Street. We have a specific reference to the name Doctor Strange. So I reckon down the road from where Spider-Man's delivering pizzas, Doctor Strange is protecting the, the universe. You know what I mean? That's very so I thought that was a nice little, little, yeah, nice little. And adding to that, Sam Raimi is now directing a Doctor Strange movie. He's directing mm. the next movie. So it all comes full circle. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, um, so, go for all it. Right, all right, so, being, so honestly, I think this film was, it's probably a whole chicken for me. Um, oh, definitely. Actually, no. Yeah. Actually, you know, again, I'll give it a three piece because it's a bit that I didn't... Really? That I didn't, that I didn't enjoy as much, yeah. And that bit was when Peter Parker started losing his powers. So... Yeah, for the life of me, the only thing that I can uh, assume what happened is that his powers are somewhat connected to his emotional states. Where if he becomes too, I guess, too stressed out, too, um, I guess, up in his own feelings, then his powers fail him. 
um, mm. because that bit where you know he broke up with um, that's, that's that's the third film. So that bit where Mary Jane was telling him that he's never there for her and that kind of thing, and also his emotional state being in whack because the woman he loves is now going to marry someone else and all that stuff. Yeah. Everything's going down the toilet. So I think a combination of all of that um, sort of is, is what affected his powers. Um, and mm. then when he had conviction to go and help people again, um, you know, conviction to, um, I guess, do what his responsibility is to do, um, as we could with, with what um, Uncle Ben said to him, his powers came back in full. So that's the only way I can sort of describe what was going on with his powers. But that was done in a very, very lazy way. And because it of that, was a whole chicken. I, I agree with you. I don't think... I still give it a whole chicken. I don't think it... I think there's a lot of stupid stuff in this movie, which mm. is why I said I think the first one might actually be better. It's a tighter script. There's less, like, inconsistencies and stupid like contrivances in it but mm. still this movie gets a whole chicken just because everything else is done so well that i kind of let certain things slide so for example um with dr strange uh, dr strange with doc ock sorry um there's <laughs> yeah, a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of stupid stuff surrounding this character for example the whole thing with the inhibitor chip on 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 his back Mm. It's some tiny little stupid inhibitor chip that's meant to stop the AI of the tentacles taking over, and it's protected by a layer of glass. What the fuck? Like, yeah. if that is all that's stopping your mind being corrupted and taken over by these tentacles because they're each is individually has an AI, wouldn't you, like, protect it in layers of fucking metal and steel? And that would be, like, the most protected part of the whole thing, right? It wouldn't mm. be exposed under a piece of glass. I thought that was stupid. But again, it had to happen for the tentacles to take over. Um, another thing that was stupid, but again, it was cool, but it was stupid, was Peter Parker's lost his powers. He, he's in the cafe talking to Mary Jane, and this was when his powers finally kick in again properly for the first time, is when Doc Ock throws the car into the, into the restaurant and Peter Parker's spider sense kicks off. And then, uh, and then he like jumps over the table, grabs Mary Jane, and they dodge the 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 car. Doc Ock doesn't know he's Spider Man. Yeah, what, was, so he what did you expect him. to happen to this regular man that you just threw a car at? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that was dumb. And then not only that, you could think, okay, maybe you know he thought he threw it and it wasn't going to hit him, but then he says to him. Oh, you need to get your friend Spider-Man to come and do the meet me here or whatever. And then he pushes him with his tentacle into the wall and the whole roof collapses on top of him. Again, you think he's a regular human, Doc Ock. Like, you're not meant to kill him. How is he going to deliver mm. this message to Spider-Man if you mm. keep fucking trying to kill him? Like, that, so I thought that was a bit stupid. Um, another stupid thing, this isn't really a problem with the movie as it, as much as it is a problem with the conception of the character in the first place from the comics, but it's explained better in the comics. And that is yeah. how does Doc Ock keep taking these punches from Spider-Man? Like mm -hmm. there's no way he's a regular man. He's got tentacle arms, but he's not super powered himself. So he shouldn't be able to take these punches in the comics. Yeah. It's explained that Spider-Man pulls his punches. And not only that, 
he actually like when spider-man gets punched he rolls with it to yeah. stop the villain yeah. breaking their hand on his face yeah. so he he that's what he does and in the game of spider-man 2 i remember every now and again when you're fighting like random crooks and stuff there'll be a little like voice thing that that would repeat sometimes and spider-man would say ah oh, lucky for you i pull my punches Do you know yeah what I mean? he says that also yeah. um are you tired of, of of putting your face or why are you tired of uh running your face into my fist or something like that as well yeah yeah or... but it's not really addressed in the movies no but i thought there's kind of two ways they could have gone about avoiding this kind of weird thing and one of them was already an idea that they came up with in the movie that I thought was pretty cool. And that is the fact that the tentacles can still move and operate independently when Doc Ock is unconscious. You have yeah. that whole scene in the operation, the, the operation scene, which is fucking incredible. That it's scene alone scary. is fucking amazing. It's so, it's like, it's scary. Like you can see Sam Raimi's horror influence, like from the evil dead, there's even a reference to the chainsaw, which is Ash's weapon of yes, choice. Yes, the chainsaw, yeah. Which was pretty cool. Um, but so you, you've already, like, the movie has already shown us that the tentacles can work while he's unconscious. So Spider-Man could have punched him, Doc Ock could have got knocked out, but then the tentacles could have still been moving his body around. Do you know what I mean? Like, that might have been a bit of a gruesome thing to see, but mm -hmm. that's a workaround. Or... Just have the tentacles block every attack that Spider-Man does. Like, don't let him actually land a punch on Doc Ock because, like I said, it, it, it just it doesn't seem right that he can take the punches. Obviously, there is an explanation. Like, we know he pulls his punches, but they don't say that in the movie. Um, what else? I, I liked um, the kind of... This movie really like does well to show how much spider-man being spider-man fucks up peter parker's life mm -hmm. um like we said he, he's schoolwork he his job mary jane he's losing everything and what you said about him losing his powers mm -hmm. to me it didn't make sense because if if your body has changed on a molecular level like your dna has changed your muscles have changed. You have this strength. You can't just lose strength because you're stressed. Like, so I kind of took it as, and this kind of is a continuation from the first movie. The first movie is a metaphor for puberty. So your body changes, you start getting muscles, you start growing hair in places you didn't have before. You yep. start shooting white liquid out of places. Like it, it's, it's a metaphor for puberty. This one, that seems like a metaphor for like, what is it called? Like impotence or, or like erectile dysfunction and shit. Like he loses his powers because of yeah. stress. He even goes to the doctor and the doctor's like, there's nothing wrong with you physically. Like it's all in your mind. Like to me, that is a metaphor for like, for, for that type of shit. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so that, that's why I took that as, um, it's interesting to see how even without his powers, he still, uh, compelled to help like when he sees that guy getting beaten up in the alleyway he wants to do something and it breaks his heart having to turn around and walk away but yeah. he does it but then when he sees the fire he can't like he and he hears there's a child in there he can't not do something so he runs yeah. in and compared to the first movie there was a similar scene where there was a building on fire and 
the ease in, and speed in which he goes in the building when he's got his powers, saves the baby and jumps out, compared to now how difficult it is, but he's still willing to do it, it shows where Spider-Man's true strength comes from. And it's not his abilities, it's his, it's his willpower, it's his determination to do good. Do you know what I mean? Like that yeah. is what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man. Um, but yeah, uh, um, I've, I've, I think we can move on to the next one. Uh, oh, actually, we, we kind of mentioned the, the, the train scene, but that fight scene is probably one of the best comic book movie fight scenes there has ever been. Like yeah, the, the progression uh, of the stakes, uh, it's, it's just amazing. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, sorry, I was, I was, I was also going to say that, um, actually, in addition to what you said about how, P- how being Spider-Man fucks up Peter Parker's life, right? When you look at the um, alternative where you see Peter Parker not being Spider-Man and him getting on with his life, you see that he's actually able to catch up on so much. He's attending his classes, he's able to um, keep to his promises, um, you know, he's actually physically there for people and things like that. Mm. Um, so yeah, it, it does show that how much being Spider-Man does affect him. And also with the villain, um, you know, we can tell, we can see that the villain is a tragic villain because he went out to obviously do some, some good for humanity, ends up being corrupted. Mm. And in a way it takes, I obviously could the death of his wife as well. So ultimately it takes Peter Parker to sort of, um, literally beat some sense into him for yeah. the error of his ways and then he turns around and ends up helping in the end um, so yeah I mean honestly great villain um, again very very good you can see the you can see the technological improvements from the first movie to uh, this movie oh so, yeah definitely yeah. the CGI is, is well improved in this one yeah yeah so but um, they said what you said about the, his relationship with Doc Ock because like Doc Ock is Peter's idol in this movie literally, literally. and this is what, what I was saying about No Way Home is this is the relationship that we're going to be missing in this yeah. movie. Peter doesn't have this relationship with Doc Ock like that. He, he doesn't, doesn't even know who anyone. he is. Or, or Green Goblin. Green Goblin is meant to be his arch nemesis. He doesn't mm. even know who he is. Is there even a Norman Osborn in this universe? Like, is is there a variant of Norman Osborn in the MCU right now who just hasn't become Green Goblin yet? Will we get to the MCU's Green Goblin down the road? Is there any point if you've already done Green Goblin and you've by doing it this way, you're basically acknowledging the fact that it was perfect. Green Goblin was perfect in the Raimi movies. Doc Ock was perfect. We can't improve on it. So we're just going to bring them back. So they can't then later on down the line, they are out. Yeah, no, we're doing Green Goblin again now. But this is like the actual MCU Green Goblin. It's like the, the only one I can see is um, Hobgoblin with um, his current best friend, who was the Hobgoblin in um, yeah in a comic. So that, that's that the only be, one I can see. That could be cool, but mm. it's like it's like having a Batman with no Joker. Do you know what I mean? Like Spider Man comes with Green Goblin. Like I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but um, yeah, I, I think it's a shame that the the relationship isn't going to be there. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, moving on to Spider-Man 3. So just in, in case you guys need a little reminder, I, I wrote a little synopsis for Spider-Man 3. Gosh, um, I'm feeling that uh, I'm going to have a bit of deja vu here. Yeah, I think, I, I'm not sure, maybe. So basically, Peter Parker, a.k.a. Spider-Man, 
faces off against a man he has pre-existing connections to, <laughs> who becomes a villain when corrupted by powers he gains during an experiment gone wrong. Lol. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. <laughs> so, obviously... I can't wait to watch this movie. <laughs> Mate, it, it's, it's so good and unique, which is what makes it so good. Um, but yeah, obviously I'm talking about Sandman. This is the movie that has more than one villain, uh, but the main villain is Sandman. Apparently, Raimi only wanted to do Sandman. He originally didn't want to do Venom. It was forced upon him by the studio. Which he, he's, he's a smart man. He's a smart man. So he basically said, okay, I'll do it, but <laughs> I'm going to fuck it up. <laughs> like, I'm not going to do it good. I'm going to show you dickheads like why I didn't want to do it. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but I, I still, I think maybe he originally wanted to use the black suit. Mm-hmm. Because it seems so well tied into the story of Sandman, the fact that at the same time Spider-Man wants vengeance against Sandman, he's also being corrupted by the black suit, which is making yeah. him do stuff he wouldn't usually do. Mm. That connection, I think, is good. But I don't think he then wanted it to lead to actual Venom. Like I thought it was. I think he just wanted it to be the black suit uh, for this story. Um, to be honest, Venom in this is nothing. Like it, it, it is more comic book accurate in a sense than the Venom movie, purely because it has the connection to Spider-Man, the whole scene in the church, the whole thing about him being disgraced and and uh, like, do you know what I mean, being embarrassed professionally by Peter Parker. Um, but it it, it doesn't. I don't know that it's just not venom. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, there's like a, there's like a gray area in between what we got here and what we got with Tom Hardy's venom, where I think the perfect venom lives, but it, both of the representations we've had, I don't think have, have been perfect. Um, but saying that I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to make it more of like a dark, reflection of peter parker rather than being an own separate kind of character um but sandman on the other hand sandman another fucking really good villain in my opinion um another tragic story of a man a desperate man who is trying to do right by his daughter put in a desperate situation that his daughter's ill do you know what i mean like Mm. I would do the same in that situation. Do you know what I mean? And we obviously get the reveal that it was him that killed uh, Uncle Ben, which a lot of people had a problem with, including me. But on the rewatch, I get it. I get what he was trying to do. It was the last movie in the trilogy. He's trying to bring it full circle. and, um, And he needed a reason for Peter Parker to be pissed off again. Do you know what I mean? So, um I, I get it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the I, I I can even get yeah. I can even allow that stupid emo Peter Parker. No. I no, listen. Okay. Let me just explain something. Yeah. <laughs> no. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It's stupid. But I kind of get it because. It's confusing the way it, the way it's it's um, like portrayed to the audience is confusing 
because one minute he's he's strutting down the street, he's doing finger guns to all the ladies, do you know what I mean? But the ladies he pass on the street like are looking disgusted, like who is this guy? But then during the same montage, he'll be flirting with like um like like a work colleague or the daughter of his landlord and they'd be feeling him. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of a muddled message. It's like, is 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 he really cool? Like, are women feeling him now? Or is mm. he still a lose? Like, what's going on here? It's, it's, it was confusing. But what I think is happening there is that they said the symbiote like accentuates what's already there inside you. Mm-hmm. So this could be what Peter Parker, the nerd, the loser... This is what he sees as cool. Do you know what I mean? So now that he's got this new strength and this newfound confidence, he's this is his way of acting what he sees as cool. But then the women that pass by him on the street, they still just see this loser giving them the finger point guns. And like now he's got this emo eyeshadow one to add to it. Like, of course, they're going to be like, who is this nerd? But the women who he knows in his life, like, um, like, like Betty, uh, what's her name? The, the, the receptionist, J. Jonah Jameson's receptionist. Yeah. She's feeling him. And it's like, because she knows he's a loser, this newfound confidence he has and this flirting that he's doing, she like appreciates it. And she's like, okay, like I see this new confidence you have. So she's starting to like it. The, his landlord's daughter, I think she's loved him off from day one anyway. So now that she's getting this attention, he's liking it. So that's what I think is happening there. I think he's meant to look stupid. <laughs> Because it's a nerd's version of what being cool looks like. So I can kind of give that a slide. What I can't give a slide is when he goes to Mary Jane's like jazz restaurant and starts like when he's like, now dig on this. And everyone's like, oh yeah, like he's the coolest motherfucker in town. I'm like, no, now you're, now it's gone too far. Like, (laughs) now it's now it's stupid do you know what i mean like and then and he even at the beginning he starts playing the piano and i'm like i'm like that's dumb like that it's it's too far it's too much like either do the dance or play the piano like don't do both because now i'm thinking like could peter parker always play the piano like did this nerd just learn how to play jazz on the piano or is this like a new power that the symbiote's giving him like why would an alien symbiote know how to play the piano or or is this one of his like like spider powers like did he gain this power when he when he when he got his spider abilities like Mm. actually actually no do you know what yeah maybe it is maybe maybe he can play the piano because his spider sense tells him well well, the the wrong keys not to press do you know what i mean man i don't know that's a stretch that is a stretch, but yeah, it's stupid anyway. That's what I'm saying. I, I can't forgive that. <laughs> That's where it got too stupid. Yeah. And again, I get it. Like, it leads up to something like when he hits Mary Jane and then like, that's like the last straw. Do you know what I mean? Like to, for himself, he's like, no, nah, I need to get rid of this black suit now. Like I've hit the woman that I, I love more than anything. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he, it finally makes him see what he's been doing wrong. Um, but yeah, we, we, I mean, I've, I've been talking a lot. Do you want to say anything about this one before I continue? Yeah. So, um, 
I'm just going to say that, all right, if the main villain had just been Sandman, that would be fine. Even if it was something that, yeah, he has to fight both Sandman and um, uh, New Goblin, that would be fine. But then you muddy you, you, you the story with not only Sandman, uh, who's, I guess, a tragic villain, but also you muddy it with... Um, with uh, Harry Osborn again, Harry is okay. You can understand Harry Osborn's um, sort of desire to fight against Peter Parker because he still blames him for killing his dad. So, yeah, okay, I can understand that. And the two, do, it doesn't mean mm. them fighting fight about it at the same time. Um, it could that whole amnesia plot is stupid as fuck, though, as well. And how he quickly got it back and stuff like that as well. Like, yeah. yes, I'm not an expert, but I know people can game their memories back from amnesia, it just depends on the person or whatever the case may be. But, um, I think I think it was clumsily done. I think the yeah. reason why it was clumsily done is because he he you have to include a third villain into it. Um, yeah, it was over. It was too crowded. And then and then all of a sudden, Harry forgives Peter, and he's now teaming up with him to fight against these two. I mean, how? When did that happen? Do you know what? That was the butler's fault. Because fuck him, yeah, because he should have told Harry the truth from ages ago. He was holding on to that information for no fucking reason. No reason. No no skin in the game, and then he decides to do that. So, yeah, I mean, again, with any with any Spider-Man film that comes out, right, if you have one main villain, that's fine. You can also create your story around it. If you have two, okay, that's going to be tougher. But if you have all three, it just becomes a free-for-all where yeah. uh, you have to start sort of pulling stories from all over the place and pulling things out of people's asses just so that the story can make some sort of sense. Um, so yeah, that was that, that was a Deuce X Machina moment in there and I don't like my Deuce X Machinas. I'd much rather, I'd much rather um, everything explained properly and whatnot. Um, yeah. for, for, for the third time, Mary Jane gets kidnapped. Um, <laughs> and not just I that. Added, I should have added that to my synopsis. Oh, you should, yeah, you should have <laughs> added that. Um, <laughs> She, she she tries a little bit to help. Um, in fact, I, I I would I would argue that she tried harder in the second movie than the third movie, where she had a beam and tried to hit um um yeah Doctor Octopus with it. She in actually this had time, a bit she, of attitude against Doc Ock, innit? Yeah, in this one, she jumps out of the car and grabs onto another like symbiote vine. Okay, cool, whatever. Sure. Um, yeah. So for me, I just think that. Was, uh, it would be a better story if it had had so much contest in it. Even if it was just Harry Osborn and Peter Parker or Spider-Man and New Goblin fight each other and, sad, yeah. and then resolving the issues to go and take on Sandman, I preferred that, but keep that it as cool. that only. Yeah. yeah. We really didn't need Venom. And no. even if they was going to use Venom, they had set up the perfect way to introduce him. They had J. Jonah Jameson's son in Spider-Man 2, who's an astronaut. Just start the film with him coming back from space and he's got the Venom symbiote. Yeah, not this yeah, random... Yeah. Oh, I just randomly fell. That's it. Yeah, there's random meteor out of nowhere. No <laughs> no warning of, oh, yeah, there's a meteor shower, blah, blah. No. Oh, this spacewalk actually came from the expedition that his, uh, that um, J. J. Jameson's son took in the previous yeah. movie. No, nothing like that. Just, okay. How convenient it lands near, <laughs> near Peter Parker and then that... That so that's why so this movie for me was the worst one of the of the trilogy and I give it a quarter chicken. Um, it potentially a great story, but just too much happening in there, which is what yeah. um, ultimately let it down. It, yeah. it and, definitely and, was the 
the weakest of the three. Yeah. Um, I gave it a half chicken because I think on the rewatch, I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. Mm. Um, all the stupid stuff like the amnesia, the emo bit, and the, the whole thing with Venom, it, it it's not there as much as I remember it being there. I remember it taking up a chunk of the movie, but it, it, it moves on pretty fast. Like Once it gets into a stupid bit, it gets over it quite quickly, in my opinion. And there's enough in this movie that's good, like the whole Sandman stuff, and even the end. Like, um, what what I noticed about the ending this time, which I did, I always assumed by the end, yeah, Peter Parker and Mary Jane get back together and live happily ever after. That's not how it ends, you know? No. It won't end like that. Like, they, their lives have been ruined by Spider-Man, I'm telling you. Like, from the moment Harry dies, and Mary Jane and Peter Parker kind of have this moment where they're, like, crying over him, and, like, it's like, look what, look what's become of our lives. Like, we were three, like, good friends or whatever, and now he's dead, me and you have all this history, and then even, like, the final, final shot of the movie, MJ's back in her, her bar and she's singing, and she's singing lyrics that are like, I'm through with love, I'm done with love and all this. Peter Parker walks in, holds out his hand to her, and she she's gives him, like... So done. It, 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 huh? And then she's not so done with love. Well, no, I think she is, you know, because he holds out his hand and she gives him this look like, are we really going to do this again? But then she kind of like takes his hand. She goes to him. They hug. They don't they don't kiss. And to me, if a couple is like resolving their issues and getting back together, it, it's going to end. Do you know what I mean? In a movie, yeah. they don't kiss. Yeah. They hug. They start swaying. They dance. They're both crying. And, like, that's how it ends. And I'm like, raw. like, to me, this time watching it around, I took that as they both know this is over. Do you know what I mean? Like, they both know that they can't work as much as they love each other. And they clearly do love each other a lot. But they can't work together. Him being Spider-Man, it's just not going to work. And it never will work. And it was kind of like in that moment, they both accepted it. They both realized it and accepted it. And they'll always be there for each other. They'll always love each other. But I don't think they can be together. And so after, like, that's how I took the ending of this one. I would be very interested to see the state of Peter, of Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how, like, and I also think that is going to be the lesson that Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man teaches Tom Holland's Spider-Man is cherish your MJ. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. don't take her for granted. Be there for her. Like, it's going to be hard, but do you know what I mean? You, it's going to be the worst thing in your life to lose her. So cherish her. And then yeah. that that's going to be what how um, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man kind of redeems himself from his biggest failure is his relationship. And then with Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, his redemption is going to be literally saving MJ when she falls off of the, off of that thing, because that was his biggest failure. His, he never had a Mary Jane. He had a Gwen Stacy, but when she fell, he couldn't save her. Yeah. That was his biggest failure. So I feel like he's literally going to save MJ and that's going to be his redemption. And Toby Maguire is going to teach Tom Holland, Spider-Man to truly appreciate MJ. And that's how he's, He's going to redeem himself from his biggest failures. Yeah. 
and um yeah i mean that 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 ending alone really made me appreciate this movie more than i remember appreciating it because i i never took the ending in that way before like you said i always assumed yeah she's singing about being done with love but then peter parker comes in and she's wait she's straight back to him but just noticing her facial expressions the body language like it wasn't a happy ending do you know what i mean it seemed like yeah. they they'd had enough they were done like like i said spider-man as necessary as he is and as much as good as he does for the city he's ruined their personal lives and it it can never be the same like harry's dead now they're fucking emotionally fucking worn out so i just thought it was a great ending to the trilogy to be honest i thought it was really good yeah i mean so with the end of the whole trilogy i guess the ending was in a way that it, it, I think it was something that was always hinted in the Spider-Man movies in general because Spider-Man 1, he couldn't tell the MJ that he was Spider-Man. Um, mm. Number 2, um, he said that now that you know my secret of me being Spider-Man... Oh, sorry, he was... Was this... I don't see given in... Um, okay, no, it was I. Yeah, so in Spider-Man 2, it was that um, now they know I'm Spider-Man, you know that we can never be together, right? So he literally said that in, in the movie. And then number three, they try to make it work. It doesn't work. So I think it's it just shows that yeah, with these two, it's gonna be a situation where eventually they might get back together. If if there was if this was more of um, less of a trilogy and had more movies involved in it, um, also directed by Sam Raimi, then we may see we may have seen right at the end that actually MJ and Peter do end up together again, married and whatever. Um, but yeah, I think I think the relationship was hinted right from the get go that it just wasn't going to work. Yeah, I would I would hope that in the future they could maybe end up back together. But yeah. like I said, the way that movie ended seemed highly unlikely to me. It seemed like they were done, yeah. and um, we have had rumors that they may actually get round to making an actual Spider-Man four, like a continuation. And of course, he would cut I, out at that point, wouldn't he? All right, cool. So let me. I'm just gonna say. Um, obviously, I know he's probably talking about the baby trilogy. Yeah, you have to, you have to, you have to start again with the fourth movie. Hello. Yep. You have Sorry. to start again for the fourth movie because you cut out. Yeah, I was just going to say, Amy Pascal, uh, producer of uh, Sony, uh, yeah. confirmed recently or revealed that um, after No Way Home, they're actually planning on doing another Spider-Man trilogy with Tom Holland, uh, mm-hmm. produced by uh, Marvel Studios as well. So hopefully we're going to continue to get Spider-Man in MCU and we're going to get another trilogy, which I heard was the original plan anyway. They wanted yeah. to do like his high school years, then his college years, and then his adult years. So we're meant to be getting a trilogy of trilogies. Do you know what? Sorry, I know, I know, I know, I'm, I'm no, I know we're going to wrap, wrap up very, very shortly. But just, just two more things to add, right? So one, um, I know we talk about Tom Holland's um, Peter Parker being high school stuff like that, right? But actually, Peter Parker was just finishing high school. So yeah. they are they are roughly I say roughly the same age. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait until I watch Andrew Garfield just to confirm whether he's in college or whether he's in high school. But at least then 
I, I'm able to sort of tell the ages of all of them and sort of say actually is because like I said already, I'm not a fan of Tom Holland's uh, Peter Parker, but we'll see if his his immaturity is big dude does his age or just because there's actually that version of Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> if he's just a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, literally, if he, if, he, if, he, if he just doesn't learn. And two, um, on subject of him, of, uh, you know, Tom Holland's Spider-Man not learning, I just feel that um, Peter Parker throughout the three movies has actually matured a lot. We've seen the mistakes he makes. You see um, him going through, okay, what if I was, like, him, going, him deciding that he's just going to give up being Spider-Man or, you know, by way of him losing his powers, he's just going to give up being Spider-Man, see how his life turns out, learns a bit about it and says, actually, this is my calling to be Spider-Man, blah, blah, so I'm going to come and be Spider-Man again um, mm. in number two and also in number three as well. Um, it also shows how clever he is by using the um, the beams to create sound, which is obviously the symbiote's weakness and things yeah. like that. Um, so, right, so from then all the way through, we see a growth in his character. Um, now, in the Tom Holland ones, we haven't seen an inkling of that yet. Um, far from uh, what was it um, Homecoming? He makes mistakes. Number two, it seems that he hasn't learned from his mistakes. He makes mistakes. Number three which is coming out, we'll, we'll see what happens in number three. Um, but, again, it just for me, it just seems that his character never ever matures, which is why I still think that he's the worst Peter Parker, for me anyway, out of, out of the three that we've uh, seen so far. Um, but yeah, that's that's me done. Yeah, yeah, that's me done as well. That's, that's the Sam Raimi trilogy. Um, we will be covering the amazing Spider-Man movies next week, and then the week after that, we should be on No Way Home. Nice. Uh, so yeah, hopefully Ace, you can get the Raimi trilogy watch for next week. You can give your little yeah. uh, opinion, and then we'll we'll go through the amazing Spider-Man ones. And it'll be my first time yeah. watching the amazing, amazing Spider-Man ones, so that's going to be quite yeah. Interesting. I can't wait to hear what you think. Honestly, uh, man. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the Amazing Spider-Man, so that's just me. Mm, boy, mm. I've heard a lot of bad things about it, so we'll have oh, to, yeah. to, to, be honest, to be honest, part of um, maybe why my rating of Spider-Man 3 has gone up since I originally watched it is because when I was watching it, whenever something bad would happen or something stupid, I'd be like, hmm, I've, I've still got the Amazing Spider-Man movies to watch after <laughs> this, so... <laughs> This is the same, actually, that bad. Uh, also, I'm going to be writing a synopsis for each of the amazing Spider-Man movies oh, next week. <laughs> and I think they're pretty much going to be exactly the same as well. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, then. <sighs> well, that brings us to an end of this episode. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining. Uh, I hope you have liked our little breakdown of Spider-Man movies. Um What's up for next week? I know we've got West Side Story on the 10th. Um, uh, we should do uh, Masters of the Universe Part 2 because we, we never got around to that today. Ah, uh, yes. I'll hopefully get that watched as well. So Masters of the Universe Part 2. Part 1 yeah, was... that looks good. Part 1 was meh, but, you know, we'll have to wait and see how what Part 2 is like. Yeah. Have you seen the trailer for Part 2? Yeah, it looks, it looks like there's a lot more He-Man in this one. He oh, a hen- I'm like a super hench wild He-Man. Yeah. I watched it today, so uh, yeah, it's, it was fun. It was a fun watch. It, it, so it was better than season one because I think we all shat. Well, everyone shat on season one, but me. 
um, no, I, I like season one. I saw I enjoyed it. Season I, I enjoyed it. Oh, damn. yeah, I, I did. It was, it was, it was, it was just tea with the um, was it with you know, getting rid of uh, basically Adam, Adam not being the central yeah, person and yeah. I'm more um, Hila, so that was that was the gripe of it. Yeah, we w- we watched Masters of the Universe to see He Man fight Skeletor, and both of them died in the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, so what's the show about? Do you know what I mean? And then that's when I noticed, ah, oh, they've conveniently taken his name out of the title. It's not about him anymore. So part two, um, I would say Adam is in it more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he Man gets a. Mm, <laughs> They they do something really cool with him, like like Stevie mentioned, the Savage He Man. That was fucking epic, okay. and that kind of makes up for everything that we didn't get from him in the first season. But there is still a lot wrong with part two, but it is a much much better. Uh, it is much better than part one, in my opinion. I actually enjoyed part two. Yo, yo, pause, pause, pause. We'll get out to more next week when the rest of us have seen it. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I'm not going to say anything. All I was going to say is I didn't realize that part one was also only five episodes because it felt so fucking long. Like it felt like yeah. a chore. Whereas this one, I, and I thought, oh, this is only five episodes as well. It flew by. I enjoyed yeah. it so much. I wanted so much more. Hmm. Okay. Nice. Yeah, we'll we'll get to it next week. All right, cool. Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed. I have enjoyed listening to these guys talk about Spider Man, and uh, yeah, I'm hopefully gonna start my rewatch. Actually, I'm gonna do Wheel of Time, then I'm gonna do South Park, and then I'll do Spider Man. Nice. All right. Cool. Actually, no, now I might do He Man. I wanna get the stuff out of the way that needs to be done, but I will get Spider Man watched, and I will probably be commenting in the group. But yeah, and South Park, and South Park. Yeah, I'm gonna probably I'll, I'll get it done. I probably I don't know what I'll get it done, but I want to get it done. Alrighty then. All right, so uh, Stevie, say bye to the people. Bye, people. Uh, Martin, say bye to the people. Bye, everyone. Catch you next time. Big T, say bye to the people. Bye to the people. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye, bye now. <laughs>